0: Welcome, everyone, to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 336. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Matt. Hey, bing And ring uh, And Carter's not here. We thought he might be. Um, yeah. It was actually very mixed signals. I got very confused, because he said... This was the sentence he said to me. Yes, this was yesterday. This is important. He said, I'm working today and tomorrow, but I'm off Friday to Tuesday. And I, and I went... Oh, you're off Friday. We're recording Friday. Do you want to buy the He's like, no. I said I was working tomorrow. But you said, you were you're off Friday. Friday's tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he's at work basically. <laughs> so that's yeah. The short version. But he yeah, said but it in the most it. confusing mixed signally way that he yeah. possibly could have.
1: I don't know if he played organized sports, but there's a good chance he has a little bit of CTE. Well, it's when that dog uh
0: flinched towards him. And he went flying to the ground. He died. He, he took a dive <laughs> as, as if he was in a football game, except yeah. he was just, I yeah. don't know, screwing up was, against a dog.
1: Yeah, he was selling like HBK to Hulk Hogan.
0: <laughs> but with no reason or context or backstory, he just...
1: Nope, he just did it. because Connor.
0: Baffling. <laughs> uh, so yes, welcome. Uh, DC Comics podcast, we get together. We talk about the DC Comics we read this week. And they didn't give us an easy week for Christmas. Uh, of course nope. they didn't. Uh, we have Dark Crisis issue 7. We have Nightwing issue 99. The Flash 789. Uh, uh, Batman vs. Robin issue 4. Batman Superman World's Finest issue 10. Stargirl The Lost Children issue 2. And GCPD The Blue Wall issue 3. Oh, I never actually checked with Matt. Did you do anything else that I didn't put in that list?
1: No. Uh, just, just my main 7. Oh, and Deceased. I
0: forgot to mention Deceased. Yes, Deceased.
1: It doesn't yeah. say, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Nightwing, Flash, Dark Crisis, World's Finest, Batman v Robin, deceased, and Star Girl.
0: Aye, that sounds about right. So yep. yes, uh, yeah. So we're recording this on the twenty third, a day earlier than normal. Uh, I am going to just put this out for everyone on Christmas Eve, just so it's out for the world and uh, people can enjoy it over the Christmas break. Because uh, normally we have to usually wait a little bit longer for this the episode that falls on Christmas, mm-hmm. but uh, we're getting in just before, so you getting it on time, if not even a little bit earlier. Yes. So, uh, congratulations. And also, if you're in the east coast of America, or anywhere in Canada, uh, hopefully this will keep you company whilst you're freezing your balls off in a giant storm. Uh, yeah. I saw I saw a map of Canada, like, like all the regions that have got warnings, and, like, most of the map is red. There's, like, yeah. a couple of yellow regions, most of it's, it's red.
1: Yeah, it's funny, because here in the States, right, that's all, like, north Right? like, But their entire country is situated on that north to us. So, like, yeah, it's... Oof.
0: Aye. No, thank you. Uh, you're in Nevada. You don't know what a real storm is.
1: <laughs> no! I mean, it snowed here once or twice, in memory, and no thank you. Uh, so... I
0: mean, a little bit of snow is not a storm.
1: To us, it is. It's shut down <laughs> our really whole city. Is, yeah, well, we have one snowplow. <laughs> <laughs> for the whole city so it shut down the city it was great though i didn't have to go to work i got to sleep in i got to play in the snow for a little bit it's like people in california
0: so... freak out when there's just a little bit of rain but if if we if we classed every time it rained as a storm then the uk yeah. would just be shut down like every other week yeah
1: my thing here too it's like either people drive too slow in the rain because like oh no there's water coming out of the sky or they drive like it it is giving them the speed force
0: <laughs> like they're not going to let the rain
1: stop them. Like there's less friction now. And it drives me insane because there's no middle ground. I'm just like, just try normal. Um, so yeah, but in, in California, you, you run the risk of floods cause it's so dry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a little scary. Like I know where Tim used to live. I remember news reports coming out and I'd always check on him. And he was always fine. So, which he's very salty about the diehard, uh, discussion this year. So do not What do you mean this year? It
0: it's been a thing for a few years at this point. <laughs> but
1: he's he's finally reached his breakpoint. Okay. Uh on, on the whole discourse. And like it just doesn't matter. So it's very funny to see Tim take that type of stance because he's always so happy go lucky. Well no Tim um, Tim
0: beyond that is is quite happy to um, Tim by the way is uh, the co-host of Screams After Midnight the horror movie podcast that uh, mm-hmm. we have on Mail Fuzz Movies go check it out on YouTube or your podcast yeah. uh, feed uh, near you but yeah t- Tim tends to quite like winding people up by mm-hmm. making them sit through conversations he doesn't care about so it's actually yeah. quite funny and amusing to see Tim get yes. wound up by other people debating about Die Hard being a Christmas movie now yes. for the record where do I stand on this Die Hard is a Christmas movie shut up uh, secondly the people who say it's not a Christmas movie are the ones who started the problem because no one cared before people who like Die Hard at christmas watched it at christmas but the gatekeeping from the people who think it's not a christmas movie you can have that your top 10 christmas movies it's not piss off (laughs) i can put it in whatever top 10 christmas list i want yeah here's here's my
1: thing if if you don't think it's a christmas movie then watch watch it the other parts of the year talk about it then if you do think it's a christmas movie cool let's watch it around the same time and let's talk about it other than that i don't care Like, it's just, it's hack at this point, and, like, you're not funny or clever, and I'm tired of it just weaseling its way in, you know? Someone tried to tell me Gremlins isn't a Christmas movie, despite (laughs) the whole point. (laughs) Is Gizmo's a literal Christmas present? (laughs) And I'm just like, guys, what are we doing? Like, there's a whole sub, not even a subplot, there's a whole story in there about Santa and Phoebe Cates and, you know, so... It's
0: it's such a Christmas, that's not even... It is.
1: Yeah. So Next I people will try
0: to tell me *Salonette*. *Deadly is not a Christmas movie. Yeah.
1: Or or *Christmas Bloody Christmas* isn't a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, I know you it's watched literally that. Literally in the title. Yeah. yeah. Well, I watched that because of you. So. I know you
0: did. Yeah. And yeah. once again, it's been proven that when I recommend something to Matt, he should listen because it always works out.
1: Not always. It uh, always works out, out now. Time. No, 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 no. Uh,
0: Under the Skin did not. I did not recommend that. I knew you would hate that though. I said, I'm making uh, you watch this. I know you'll hate it, but I'm making you watch God, it anyway. God. That's different from a recommendation. True,
1: true. That's <laughs> what I did with La La Land with you. Like, I knew <laughs> you were going to hate this, but guess what? We're watching it. Uh, big difference.
0: Big difference. Um, so, so just yeah, go, don't watch go, ter-
1: don't go watch
0: Terrifier don't. 1 and 2. That's the next recommendation.
1: So, I'm I'm okay for right now. I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> You know, you know, like, there's the ski runs, like, I've never been skiing, but, you know, there's, Aye. like, the Black Diamond. I feel like Terrifier 2 is a Black Diamond, <laughs> and I'm on the moderate, like, I'm okay. Like I think
0: you've made it up in your head to be this thing, but it's, there's a sense of humor to it. There's, there's a, there's a... Oh,
1: I'm sure, but my brother watched it and gave me a rundown on some of the worst things, and I just... And it's probably worse in my head than it is on the screen, but, you know... Like like the birthing scene, I just I don't need that right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, like
0: I just yeah. when you're eating Christmas dinner and you've got some mashed yep. potatoes sitting there, just think yep. of the mashed potatoes scene and terrified yeah. to. That's what you want yeah. to be thinking
1: about. So, but you know, no, I'll be okay. You know, I, I was looking for a Santa hat for my. I have a Michael Myers figure downstairs, and I cannot I find a little tiny Santa hat to put on him. So I thought it would be hilarious. So. You know that—that's my vibe. I'm more—I'm more over there. So, um, but but yeah, no. It's it, when I do you think about it. Just don't go recommending Avatar Two because I ain't got six hours to to dedicate to that.
0: So. Uh, Avatar Two is a delightful three hours and ten minutes. Okay. Yes. Delightful.
1: <sighs> Dude, by I, time, I, by the time I sit down, sit through the trailers, <laughs> it's slick. gonna be four hours.
0: I I had a great time on the Ace or Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, sitting down with Tara and talking about it. I think it was a great conversation because there is yeah. there's a lot of character themes to discuss, and mm-hmm. like there's there a lot going on in there. Yep. And I just you I, know, I, and
1: it actually yeah, you, my, can, my
0: com- you can see the 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 money on the screen. It actually looks expensive, yeah. unlike every other big blockbuster the last my, five uh, years.
1: The, the owner of my comic shop went and saw it, and he said it's very beautiful to look at, but. I, you know, I what well, He said I didn't go for the story. He, he went to go look at, you know, pretty framing. And, I, I honestly uh,
0: think, particularly with this one, that anyone and a lot of people are saying the story's simple, and the story on the surface mm-hmm. is very simple. Mm-hmm. I think the there's a lot of like depth to the characters once you stop and think about what it's doing with all of them mm-hmm. that I think actually enhances the film for me. When I talked about it, I actually ended up liking yeah. it more than when I. That's good. First left the theater.
1: That's good. I'm I'm gonna make an an effort because that is a movie i gotta see on the big screen. But well we'll see. If that, I mean, it, if
0: nothing else, yeah. like after five years of mediocre Marvel visual effects, you will be blown away with how this movie looks yeah, because you're, like you'll you, you'll come out of this going that every single scene in Aquaman looked like shit. This is how water yeah. movies are supposed to look.
1: Like. you you could pull pull a, a you know, a Marvel <laughs> one there, not not DC there, Chief.
0: Okay, fine. Uh, uh, I haven't even seen Wakanda forever, but I yeah. assume the water stuff in that doesn't look yeah. very good.
1: <laughs> I mean, probably probably not as a James Cameron, because you know how James Cameron goes. Like <laughs> The fact that that man went in, went into one of the editions of Titanic and changed the stars after people commented, that's not where the stars would be, you know, on that <laughs> time. The attention to detail, I'm sure. In, you know what? The that's the sort of thing
0: there. where, like, I'm not necessarily for directors going back and changing things, yeah. but that's the sort of thing that I am never going to notice. Yeah, I'm not going to notice it the first time I'm not going to notice it you after know. he changes it
1: <laughs> uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson noticed it because again that's his field and said oh in April of that year the stars would not have been there so James Cameron found a star chart and went and you know changed it and you know I respect that you know that's not George hmm. Lucas going and changing things willy nilly just because you know that, that's actual like okay uh, well, constructive the- criticism
0: That's the beauty of setting these movies on this Pandora in a different part of space is that Neil deGrasse Tyson can't say shit about almost any of it. Oh, bro,
1: you know he wants to, though. (laughs) He, He loves to ruin movies, which I've had to... I used to think he was a really good science communicator, and he still might be. Like, he breaks down physics in a way that I can understand. I don't need his pop culture takes. That's just, like... Sir, I'm I'm fully willing to believe that Santa Claus exists because of magic. I don't need you breaking down that you know reindeers can't fly. You know? It's like <laughs> that's have some the fun. That's the example you went with. Oh, he had a full thing saying that there's no way reindeer could pull a sleigh well because how how does it work? And it's through the sky, and it's like, but it's magic. Just stop. They're
0: already it, flying it, and you're debating the strength of pulling the
1: sleigh. <laughs> yeah it's it's the grant morrison when when they talked about uh oh. little mermaid like you don't need to explain why the crab talks it, it's a kids movie kids will just go oh cool look the crab's talking you know so. <sighs> it's
0: a it's a ongoing struggle hi yes i, I concur yep. um yeah um i actually i mean i know you have as well but i'm going to jump in here first because i i yeah. have watched some dc things this week uh hey i started watching peacemaker uh, so. uh you got to finish that yeah, well, I watched the first three episodes. I watched, because it was basically the reason why I watched it is because, like, I had a voting patron to do a pilot from earlier mm-hmm. this year that I never got to, and Peacemaker was, you know, one. And I, I think that was, ah, oh, this is kind of an easy watch. I've watched the episodes yeah. of it so far. Uh, it's pretty funny. It's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, you know?
1: Yeah. Cena's better than he has any right to be, right? Like, yeah. He handles that character super, super well. Yeah. Um, good
0: supporting cast. It's got a nice mm-hmm. upbeat energy to it.
1: Um, <laughs> You know, and uh, have you met have you met Robert Patrick yet? Yeah, he's in the first episode. Okay, I can't remember. I watched it so long ago. I think I'm up to episode. How many episodes are there? There's there six? theres eight. Is eight. Okay, so I'm about at five. I need to. I okay. I'll get there and finish.
0: But, yeah, I well, watched uh, the first. That's on the list. Yeah, I watched the first three. Uh, <laughs> and it's probably safe for a while because season two is coming. But you know, mm-hmm. with HBO Max pulling things left and right, they're pulling most of the animated yeah. stuff in January. So. You know, yeah. Uh, don't don't count your chickens. Uh, but it's... you watch something technically a bit more relevant, although it's probably mm-hmm. instantly irrelevant for many reasons. But uh, yeah. But Black Adam, you watched?
1: Yeah, I finally got around to watching Black Adam. Finally, and um, no,
0: one, no one would like to get to. This it. is
1: a movie that had I seen in the theater, I probably would have liked a lot more. Um, sitting at home, it, it's a little bit different. Um, the I love the Rock. Like, I, I went and watched Jungle Cruise and, and really loved it, because The Rock was in it. Um, no, I would have seen it anyways. Jungle Cruise is my favorite. One of my favorite Disney rides. Anyway, he's kind of charisma-free in this, which is so weird that The Rock was pushing, like, being Black Adam <sighs> for the longest time. Um, Yeah, that doesn't really he, fit his personality, Black no, Adam. No, he's he's very solemn, and, like, he's Black Adam fine, like as a physical presence but just like the Black Adam that's you know kind of cocky that's what I kind of wanted to see. He's definitely
0: Um, like I think The Rock as a person has proven himself as most carny this year between his like thin skin defending Black Adam um, putting out weird statements. He put out a statement this week sort of confirming that Black Adam wasn't in like James Gunn and Co's like plans for the next phase of the DCU and any statement that he put out, like there was a lot of fluff, there was a lot of "oh, I'm good friends, I hope to collaborate with him in the future," yeah. blah blah. And at the end, he just casually mentioned like his his alcohol that he sells, as if yeah. like he put in a little plug for his product. Yeah. And I'm like, you are it's such a carny. Yeah,
1: I mean, <laughs> literally, both sides of his family are, are from the business, right? Yeah, like, you know, it's in his blood. Um, he can't help it. You're a millionaire. Stop. It. You don't yeah. need. To- <laughs> you don't yeah. need
0: to like shell this much yeah
1: yeah for sure but yeah he's so he's fine in it he's more of a physical presence but even though it came out in in 2022 it felt very dated it definitely I, I, felt like a superhero movie from 10 years ago
0: you know actually um, i heard specifically it felt like a superhero movie from like 2005 <laughs> so think that's why i heard
1: or, or even yeah like it, it felt very weirdly phase one marvel where you know they're just trying things and it like it's cool to see Hawkman in a movie and he behaves like Hawkman normally would. Um, Pierce Brosnan is Dr. Fate. I hate to bring it to Connor if he's listening. Kind of weird just because his presence is not as... I've read Dr. Fate uh, in in the comics. And they try to do this weird thing with the helmet where that, that's such a oddly specific visual. But when it's translated to live action looking at it straight on, it doesn't look like the helmet. It was very weird. So they tried to give it this glow effect to make it, you know, stand out. And it was just really weird. Cyclone being in the movie, uh, you know, Maxine Hunkel, almost like, okay, weird, weird pull for a character considering, you know, the, the Justice Society as it is. But she was fine. And then Adam Smasher. Um, not even steal the movie from me. I'm a big Adam Smasher fan. He's just kind of there um, for the JSA. But yeah, it, does, it feels like a phase one movie where the rock shows up and they, you know, they try to get into the history of Kondok and, you know, which I'd always thought was tied to ancient Egypt, but they did this bronze age thing that Kondok, you know, the empire existed before Egypt. And, um, knowing that Dr. Fate and Hawkman and Black Adam all have ties to ancient Egypt. They didn't touch on that whatsoever, which is so weird because it's it's literally right there. You know, if you want to play with the, Hawkman reincarnation story and all this other stuff and they just choose not to um but yeah he's he's weirdly charisma free um it it almost ties in to some James Gunn stuff I don't want to spoil anything It you know certain characters show up throughout so um but yeah it's fine you know it's I put it it's, it's probably below James Gunn's Suicide Squad but above something like Aquaman or Birds of Prey. Um, so, you know, again, that's kind of what the, the DC universe movies have been, you know, the, the ones that aren't, you know, directed by a certain person. I don't want to name cause it's like Beetlejuice or like a demon. If, if you say the name, they're aware of you. So, um, but yeah,
0: you have not <laughs> filled me with a single iota no, of temptation. I to don't watch
1: think it. you'll like that I think you'd be bored. You know, I got bored a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm watching it going like, okay, yeah, I know where this is going. Um, They do some cool stuff. Again, I'm trying to go around spoilers. Some certain comic book stuff that they they play with that I do like. Just being a fan of the Shazam realm, they play with, with you know, things through there. But, like, it's just weird that we didn't get any Black Adam and Shazam crossover. Like, no mention of Philadelphia or any of that stuff just because... You
0: know apparently the rock turned on a cameo in Shazam too and the, the quote that has gone around from the rumors is his like email or whatever to to Warner Brothers or whoever he sent this to yeah uh, is that he only plays in the big leagues and when I'm like your character is the villain for this character that's literally or what least, has-
1: yeah or at least an anti-hero side right like because that's what they're 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 playing on here sure like, oh, but Black- Black Adam, but, the,
0: but like I know, I know Black Adam is, is is grown beyond that, like in the comics yeah. and all that. But it doesn't change the fact that fundamentally he is right? a supporting character to yeah. Captain Marvel to Shazam.
1: Right? Yeah, that that's a bad move on his part.
0: Yeah. So I don't...
1: I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch that Shazam movie soon. because um, I did enjoy it in theaters. I watched it since, and I'm gonna go see two because it looks, you know, the trailers look good enough. Um, they look fun. But yeah, that's a that's an odd move on his part. And I know the stuff that's come out since is like, oh, I was supposed to be the center point of this new thing going forward. And well, the like,
0: hierarchy of power of the DC Universe is about to change.
1: And I don't understand how Black Adam would be that because Black Adam's never uh. been that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, you're The Rock. I get, I get it, Dwayne. You, you Honestly, it's, that's, but,
0: it's funny actually that he's a, he's, he's a wrestler because it really yeah. does feel like a wrestler trying to make everything about him Mm-hmm. Putin, even though his character is not supposed to be the center of the universe, yeah. he was trying to make Black Adam the center of this yeah. new movie universe. And it didn't matter how much it changed anything from the source material, or how much it like affected who should be focused on more. Right. Yeah, it was kind of like when you watch the X Men movies, and mm-hmm. it's like Cyclops is supposed to be like the the, the leader. straight leader, yeah, yeah. But in the movies, he's, he's almost like a side character, yeah. and he's just well, kind of di- has... discarded.
1: Yeah, he has no like gravitas to him. He's just yeah. there.
0: Yeah. um so, so you know that's a problem that a lot of movies have faced with adapting comics in the, in the past yeah. so, some characters yeah. who are supposed to feel that the prominent ones are more important end up just becoming these bland say characters to other characters that are more interesting but part of the reason why a character like wolverine in the comics is so exciting is because he's this you know he's this not wacky but he's this uh no. you know he's this more colorful character who plays mm-hmm. off the straight main characters.
1: Right. Well, and that's why his and Cyclops relationship works so well. Cause they yeah. are that it's, it's the straight man mm-hmm. and the, the colorful man type type dynamic, you know? And I think, I think Whedon nailed that in the script to the first X-Men movie in certain parts. I think it's, but... uh, I got, it's very, it's very
0: Batman and Superman actually. When I think about it is yeah. that, you know, you focus a lot of things end up just focusing more on Batman and Superman because yeah. they don't know how to rate Superman. Well, so true.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so and, and there is a cameo in in Black Adam again. I don't want to spoil or anything that I I would have enjoyed on the big screen had it not been spoiled back in October. The second, as,
0: the second, yeah. the Midnight Show had ended.
1: <laughs> and you know, so it's good. But I will give Black Adam credit in that you know how Aquaman felt like it was just overstuffed. Like it, we didn't need Black Manta, and Ocean Master, and the Trench, and and it was almost like two movies in one. Black Adam did a very good job at balancing Black Adam and the Justice Society and the villain all working to, you know, throughout. And it and it didn't feel like a direct adaptation of any story. Like it touched on a lot of Black Adam stuff that I know, like his origin and um, the whole World War Three kind of story about the siege mm. of Kandor and that. And they touch on those those elements um, there. But it, it's its own story, which I always appreciate when comic movies do that. When they're not just trying to adapt, you know, this famous story, um, because then you get pigeonholed into things. So. Uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I uh, wouldn't recommend it to Pete. But if if you have, if you have some time, you know, and you're off this week because of of the holidays, and you love, you know, comics, give it a give it a watch. Let me know what to think. Um, but yeah, definitely think Pete would be bored because he's already out on kind of modern superhero stuff. So maybe his background noise at some point, but the guy. Okay. I
0: eventually watched Doctor Strange two and Thor: uh, Love mm-hmm. and Thunder a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and like my feeling since I watched them is that I didn't need to. <laughs> like I could have just not; it would have been fine.
1: <laughs> so th- there's not even a little part of Multiverse of Madness that you liked. You didn't like any of the 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 Ramy <sighs> evil daddy uh, moments.
0: Not really, because just not, on its own, doesn't you know? It needs to it needs to be in an overall package that works and I care about and. <sighs> It might be.
1: I mean, you're you're never big on on Doctor Strange, anyways. No. Uh, but they're they're the the last act of that movie. I I thoroughly enjoy. Um, the kind of buildups, just it's whatever. So I, I, I
0: just I I'm just I at this point like I don't know if I'll ever see Black Panther two unless again it's just kind of put on when I'm there mm-hmm. by someone else. I don't know if I'm going to see whatever's coming out next. I don't know. ant Man three. In, yeah, yeah Ant Man three's next. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I ain't yeah. Saying that in theaters. Yeah.
1: No, I'll go. I, but I like Ant Man. I like Ant Man. But
0: mind. you know, I, I you know, I went to the movies a couple times this past week, and I mm-hmm. uh, will continue to go and see movies that aren't superhero movies. Yes. Not because I'm making some sort of like ah, some sort of statement. Yeah. I, but no, I'm going to go. I like going yeah. to movies to see things. But I, I'm just going I went, to see movies that I actually want to support and see more of. Yeah,
1: I went and saw the Fablemans, and it was so nice not to like. Just to kind of watch a quiet movie, although that was kind of drowned out by the two showings of Avatar that I was wedged between. Because um, that movie gets loud uh, and Fableman's is very quiet in parts. So, um, but it was nice, you know, going and also oh, there wasn't a lot of people there. The last couple superhero movies that I've been to, people just, they they draw more people and people have forgotten how to act in a theater properly. So, uh, what'd you go see? Besides Avatar? Uh, I see Violent Night. Okay. Oh, oh. I I, I was gonna say I I didn't realize you went and saw it because yes,
0: I was I was on a whim. I just felt like one of the movies. I was always playing. Oh, Valentine! I'll always see
1: that. That was yes, sir. Uh, That's one of my favorite movies of the year so far. (laughs) Of course, yeah. I mean, come on. Once you find out about Santa, is there any doubt that it was going to be my favorite movie? Yeah. So yeah Um, that. That the sledgehammer scene in in the stables. Still one of my favorite moments this year. So um a lot of fun.
0: Oh. It's not a great movie. I liked it. Uh it's yeah. got some pacing issues in the middle,
1: but yeah.
0: uh generally speaking it, it sticks to its premise. And mm. uh it's even got a little bit of a, a demented home alone kind of callback yeah. in it as oh, well, yeah, which I appreciate. Wait.
1: I was not ready for that, I'll tell you that much. Um
0: yeah, so I'm but, not going to spoil it, but
1: it's, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. No, no, no. Um but yeah, David Harbour as Santa, you already had me. And the fact that they touch on Home Alone and Die Hard and, you know, um even even Santa Claus mythos in there very very much for me and I had a really good time at the theater. So um but yeah, it's good that you're going back to the movies, there, Pete.
0: Another time bath, and I don't know where that would to see. Yeah,
1: uh
0: Yeah. It was basically it. Um So yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Nothing, nothing really. I wanted to go see Glass Onion, but now it's already on Netflix. So those are my plans. There was only—I
0: I might have done so, but it was only out for like a week and then it was gone. Yeah.
1: It was weird. We—it was here. There was a couple showings last weekend, but I couldn't get Ash to. She didn't really want to go to the movies, and I don't blame her. Like it's this time of year is kind of crazy, um. And she's like, "It's gonna be on Netflix soon, anyway. Just wait." I was like, "All right." I mean, really. I just, I like to go to the movie theater because then I'm not tempted by my phone. Mm. Because when I'm at home and comfortable, it's just like, oh, well, who's that? What other movie have they been in? When I'm at the theater, you know, I, I'm not tempted to do that because of, you know, expectations. But when I'm sitting on my couch, even if I try to have self discipline, I always end up going to IMDb and then I'm like, oh, what are some fun facts about the making of this? Where was this filmed? And, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well, there's always time for a Comic Sology uh, top 10. Thought my Christmas wish would be
0: granted. It doesn't matter that we spent 20 minutes talking about it. Uh, I know, I thought I was like,
1: no, he gonna, he's not, he's not going <laughs> to remember.
0: Of course, I'm going to remember. Not, not a single risk of the, at all. Uh, so, yes, uh, we're going to top 10 comics uh, as per the ranking on Comic Sology right now mm-hmm. uh, for the sales. Uh, they split them by date, so we'll look at Tuesday, which is all the DC books, and then we'll look at the rest of the industry on Wednesday, uh, on the second list. So Matt, any guesses as to what the top-selling DC book is, as of right now on Comicsology? I'm going to say Dark Crisis 7. You would be correct! Dark Crisis Ooh. 7 is number one. And then number two, interestingly, is Batman vs. Robin, issue four.
1: is any guess, so we'll talk about it when we get there. I did not realize there was going to be an issue five. I thought this was a four-part um so huh. the fact that this was a little bit bigger um no i knew i, I,
0: I, I remembered the solicit existing oh, for you? five and maybe even six okay. as well yeah so okay. uh, if anything the only surprise i had was that it said it was you know because it's not it's not back till february it's taking a month right. off uh right. whilst some of this uh lazarus, lazarus planet, planet stuff yeah, yeah. Out. so
1: uh which yeah, yeah fair enough i i felt the extra size in this one and i was like okay yeah no it's the last issue and then i got to the the back it says, you know, to be continued in February. I was like, oh, man, okay.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I think it's interesting. It's maybe a, a for in that Mark wade has got some value uh, mm-hmm. for selling, but also people knew this was the issue that was going to lead into this little mini event that's coming yeah. in January. So I guess those two things combined is what's put it at number two over number three, which is Nightwing, issue 9, which has been selling very well. Uh, yes. So that's there. And then number four is back to Mark Wade with World's Finest. So... Uh, very straightforward. Top four yeah. uh, for for Tuesday, and then number five is deceased. Or the undead gods? So back to Tom. T- that's funny, actually. It's Mark Wade, Tom Taylor, Mark Wade, Tom Taylor. Uh, yeah, that's amusing. And then number six is Stargirl, which is Jeff Johns. Not, so yeah, yeah, big names here. Uh, number seven is DC vs. Vampires: All Out War. Uh, which we dropped off the the tie-in yeah. series because it wasn't. I didn't like the first issue, but
1: yeah, me
0: um, that's there. Uh, number eight is the Flash, issue seven, eight, nine. Okay. Uh, number nine is actually an on-DC book. Uh, apparently on Tuesday, the Legend of Korra uh, had a book okay. come out. Uh, eight dollars. So I don't know if it's technically a, a trade or just a bigger issue. Who's the
1: publisher on that one?
0: Uh, that's Dark Horse.
1: Dark Horse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, on a Tuesday, say so it must have been like um, what are they? What do they call the oversized ones? They're not quite a trade. Yeah. But they're like four issues put together. There's a, there's a name for it.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a collection of stories from the heartwarming <laughs> to the hilarious blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's called The uh, Legend of Korra Patterns and Time. So it's a little okay. uh, collection book. So that was number oh, cool. nine. And then number 10 was Batman Urban Legends. So uh, that's yes. cool. Um, Nobly, uh, the Catwoman Lonely City collection came out mm-hmm. this week. Uh, that's number 14 there. Uh the Rogues collection also came out. Uh which is down at number what's that? Uh seventeen. Yeah. So yeah, so, so yeah, I'm not if, well if
1: you're say, if you're waiting for rogues, go go and read that one now. I'm gonna have to might have to pick up Lonely City now that it's collected.
0: Yeah. I mean I, assume, I assume these are hardcovers oh. and physical for this first mm-hmm. release. Uh because the I think the right. black label stuff usually is. But uh obviously we'll looking at the digital here, so it doesn't really matter. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I would recommend those absolutely. I guess, uh, yeah, it's normal for some trades to come out and choose because there's a at least some Dark Horse because there's a couple of Hellboy uh, hmm. collections out as well. Hmm. So, very cool. All right, so we'll look at Wednesday's uh, books then. So, any guesses to what number one from the rest of the industry was on Wednesday?
1: There's an X book, but it's also an annual, so I don't know. But that's my best guess. So that's what I'm gonna say is the X Men annual one. It is the X Men annual? Yeah.
0: So there you go. Uh, you got uh, what looks like Phoenix, Jean Grey, and Cyclops side by side blasting their yeah. powers full of force. You know, images like that maybe me want to like get into X Men again, but like it's, it's always a mess a... to get into.
1: <laughs> it is, and I miss it because you know, I, I tried with the House of X and Powers of X way back, you know, a couple of years ago now, you know, but yeah, I that image right there because I'm like, where did Phoenix go? How does how does Phoenix fit in with the new Krakoa version of of the X Men and all this stuff? Yeah, it's kind of so, it's kind of that that's been like two years or three years already
0: mm-hmm. since uh, House and Power, but whatever.
1: Uh, Actually, that is Firestar, not Phoenix. I just clicked on. Oh, it, is it? So
0: I just I don't know. I just yeah. I never clicked on it. I just it looked little Phoenix too yeah. from the.
1: Uh... Me too, and that's what I thought. And then I read the the blurb on there, and it says the newest X Men burns up the spotlight. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. So it's Firestar, which I like when they throw her in because I think she was created for Spider Man and his amazing friends. Hmm. So, um, it's cool when they throw in with the X-Men.
0: And then we got Sabretooth and the Exiles issue too.
1: Very, and very th- interested in that book. I like the Exiles. Um, so, but I don't think they're doing multiversity or multiverse shenanigans. I think this is the, hmm. they're actually exiled from Krakoa. So.
0: And then we got number three is Mary Jane Black and Black Cat. And I don't know if this is the book that did this, but I did see some news this week that Mary Jane hmm. just got powers or something. It's just I don't okay. know.
1: Okay, just it's one of those
0: things where I'm just you know I I, I like not no that you you can't give like uh, a love interest character powers because obviously Linda's got them right now in Flash yeah. and we've been fine with that. But if they suddenly gave Lois Lane powers, I would I would not like it. I, I think it would I mean, weird.
1: They've done it for short periods of time in like certain things, but it's never been anything that sticks. thanks.
0: yeah. Hopefully. You know? Oh, and I would never want it to stick because uh, it's—it no. just—it feels like you're just muddying the waters where. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, number four is Avengers Forever issue twelve. Mm-hmm. Number five is Wolverine issue twenty-eight. I'm still Percy on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we got Strange issue nine at number six. Number seven, something is killing the children. Sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, yeah, we're getting away from Marvel a little bit here because number A uh, is Junkyard Joe, which is an image book. That's actually Jeff Johns. He's book uh, oh. with Gary Frank. Yeah. Uh, and I then, did not
1: realize this.
0: Yeah. Then number nine is uh, Berserker, issue eleven. That's the
1: Keanu book, right? That's
0: written by Keanu Reeves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then number ten is Vanish, issue four, which is a uh, an image book. That's a Donny Cates uh, book. So uh, that's actually quite a healthy. Last like, four out of the six were uh, non-Marvelous. Yeah. Good going for the rest of the industry. Mm-hmm. And there's other Marvel books, you know, there's a Miss Marvel issue, mm-hmm. Gold Goblin, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then you get an alien issues out, there's a Power Rangers issue out from Boom. So, yeah, it's a mix of things this that, week.
1: That alien cover looks really cool. It is. It's a- yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's funny because,
0: like, I ended up not reading that first book that uh, Johnson did because I hated the mm-hmm. artist, but it's a different artist on this book, but it's a sequel to the first series, so right. I'm so conflicted I what he, you know, go and read it all. Yeah, because I love Alien as a as a proper concept. Yeah. Yep,
1: yep. Oh well. Yeah, that cover. I just clicked on the big version, and it is. It's probably because there's some some you know dinosaur s thing to the Queen here. Um, that is the Queen, right? Yeah. It's yeah, it's Queen. That's the Alien Queen. So, so yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's a really cool cover.
0: Yeah. All right. well, there you go. There's a uh, there's the comic soldier top ten for the week. Uh, everyone's mm-hmm. favorite
1: segment, except for mine.
0: I know Connor. Somewhere he's just uh, taking a shot of something in, in celebration yes. because he loves yes. the comic. songs the top ten it. so much.
1: He does. Yeah, absolutely. So very good. But yeah, um,
0: I guess we can get into the the comics then. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually I do t- the comic the top ten. Then we'll preamp. Well, we will we'll, yeah. amb- pr- 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 I said preamble, but that's not the word I was going you for. You did.
1: Yeah. I know what you're saying, but it's escaping me. You know, well, uh, tangent, off into things. Um, I guess, I guess,
0: ramble. I guess that's why to say ramble. ramble. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just, I don't know. For some reason, I I felt the need to try and sauce it up a bit. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> usually these comments on just top to you. Then the rambling and then the books. But for whatever reason, we swapped that around this week. Uh, it's Christmas. We're feeling weird. I don't know. Uh, but we'll get into the comics. We've got some big stuff to talk about. So starting off with Dark Crisis, Issue 7, Joshua Williamson writing. And there was four artists, so I didn't write them down, but I'll tell you what they are yeah. in a minute. Uh, so, know it, anyway, it's a slightly oversized issue, of course. So mm-hmm. uh, that's part of the reason. But obviously, they just need to get out on time for everything coming after. So there is multiple artists, yeah. and we'll deal with that in a little second. Um... So, yeah, there's, there's big things to talk about here and how they wrap up the story. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some good ideas in here that I do quite like, uh, mm-hmm. but there's also some things in here that I think are quite underwhelming uh, as a end of a, <laughs> an event. And some of these were kind of introduced last issue where it started to feel a bit murky about what the real, you know... Yeah. So, you know, what the real evil in this event was. Is it the Great darkness? Is, is it just Pariah? This issue, I guess, kind of clears it up as... It's mostly just Pariah, but there was a little bit of the Great Darkness in there <laughs>
1: or something. Right, but it, and then it was less Pariah and more Deathstroke at a certain point. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit murky. A bit murky. I almost, it kind of not that it left a complete bad taste in my mouth, but the event kind of as a whole, to 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 use the Dark Crisis branding, I don't know, it seemed to lack like the heft of a proper crisis. Jimmy. I think,
0: uh, to me, sadly, this event was kind of just Joshua Williamson and through and through. There's good ideas, mm-hmm. there's good issues, uh mm-hmm. but ultimately, when it's all done and you look at kind of the 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 net gain of what we've done, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's actually like because what I liked in this issue, and this is kind of why it feels weird when they start explaining that the Great Darkness wasn't that involved yeah. and it was mostly Pariah and then Deathstroke kind of just sort of like. Mm-hmm. It was being taken over for a bit, but then he kind of agreed with it and sort of said, ah, oh, right. yeah, I'm going to help destroy everything.
1: Well, yeah, so, he, he let the darkness in, and then it Deathstroke's own darkness that takes over. Oh, yeah, right? but
0: th- 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 This is the problem I have, though, is that this issue uh, and I, I do like part of this, even though I think mm-hmm. it makes no sense with everything else they say, is that part of this issue is that Nightwing is fighting the darkness, right? So Nightwing's mm-hmm. been infected with it, and Deathstroke's in his head talking to him about, you know, his past. And this idea that Dick Grayson might actually be strong enough to just fight it off when no one else has been. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It elevates Dick. Uh, we always think of as the heart of the DCU anyway. So yeah. it's a really big moment for him. And I like those segments where it's like Dick fighting it and kind of like coming through it. But it, it doesn't make the greatest deal of sense when they start explaining exactly like what the darkness that's being used right now is because it's not actually the great darkness. At least maybe...
1: Is best small right. part. A small part of it is the Great Darkness. Yeah, the way, the way that I thought about it is the Great Darkness is so vast. This is just a a piece of it that that's gotten, you know, that's gotten away. It kind of made me
0: roll my eyes as a comic book reader, though, because like, yeah. they're like, oh, that's just a small part of the Great Darkness. If we actually ever had to face the real full Great Darkness, it'd be even bigger. And it, okay, comic books, everything has to be yeah. bigger next time. I don't know. Right, just... of
1: course. But, <laughs> but at the same time, it's one of these things where it's like... It, Williamson wants his cake and eats it, too, right? by saying, like, oh, well, the great darkness is really it's just nothing. It—it it, There's no intent there. It just is existing, you know. So if it ever did, you know, uh, then, yeah, we'd have trouble. But it's like, well, yeah, if, if all the if all the water on the earth decided to, you know, start flooding on its own, we'd have a lot of trouble, too. But, you know, it was just its really weird. Like, <laughs> this felt almost like a epilogue to everything and it just that's kind of how the event like it's had a weird structure mm. you know from the time that when this all started with with uh what was the infinite frontier yeah right through the infinite Frontier through the just the, the death of the justice league to this
0: oh don't forget it's uh just, justice incarnate in the middle of all that justice well.
1: incarnate yeah yeah. oh it's just it's felt very weird and almost like We were meant to believe that the Dark Army was this big, scary threat, and then they're just kind of there at the end. You know? Like, their teeth are taken out of them. Um,
0: It's also kind of weird when I start back... I look back at these seven issues now and how, like, Mm -hmm. what... This fight that's been going outside of the Hall of Justice has lasted, like, four of them. Yeah. You know? I think it was the end of issue two or three that ended with, like, the fight coming to the Hall of Justice, and then this fight's just been happening since
1: yeah so and, it, and there were some really really big moments like when when beast boy gets shot right oh yeah
0: superman you know? like you know blocking doomsday from hitting yeah. john and this issue you know i like the dick stuff i also you know i think black adam has highs and lows in this i think yeah the idea that black adam is willing to share his power with all of the heroes to help yeah. fight the great darkness that's actually kind of cool it's a big moment of growth for him um yep but I also couldn't help but chuckle that the only reason why they're probably doing, or they wrote this in is because he had a movie coming out and there's even a people's eyebrow towards the end of the issue. And I couldn't help but feel like I'm glad that black Adams getting this respect and it feels like a big deal that he's doing this, but is this cynically only happening? Cause you think, Oh, this character might be bigger than he was before just because of the movie. So we're kind of like banking on that a little bit. And it, it basically I, it, it left me feeling like this won't matter that much in the long run because the movie has kind of came and went. It's not really going anywhere. So,
1: you know, I I do feel though that Black Adam is prime for a moment just because from we had that winter book. I forget the name of it, right? Where he was pretty central Um, in that, and then he's had his own book by Priest, which this actually made me want to go back and catch up mm-hmm. just to see what's going on there. Um, so even if just in the comics we get a a you know an evolved black Adam, so he's not, you know, stuck in this constant, you know, ruler of Kandak phase, then then cool. But yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, whoever the artist was there at the end, um, drawing the people's eyebrow, I thought was very funny. Cause I think like it's one of those things like if you're looking for it, you know, you'll see it. But if you were just reading, because I had to go back and go, did you just raise the people's eyebrow? You know? Um, it's
0: just, it's a weird thing. It kind of took me out of it. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know if the, the I don't know if that the your final issue of your big event book is the moment for that little sly you know meta yeah. reference to the actor playing the character in the movie. Right. Uh, I, you know, I, I it's it's the same because I actually I enjoyed reading the issue well enough and that most mm-hmm. of the action flows quite well. Um, like I say, I like the character beat specifically for Dick and placing him as this this important set, especially since the ending. Uh, before you get to the epilogue is Mm -hmm. batman saying we're not reforming the justice league there needs to be a change and whatever that change is dick you need to be the one leading it because you you know you did that and you know dick's like okay i've got some ideas and it sort of leaves you in this whole and i like that because i i I was speaking to david i was recording collector's cut with david the other day and he'd already read this and he said that the ending was uh like i think the way he put it was that's what you're doing and I got to this dick moment, not realizing there was an epilogue yet, and went, "What's wrong with that?" I was like, "That's <laughs> yeah. that's a nice moment." What are you talking about? This is like yeah. the, probably the best moment in the issue so no. far. And then, yeah, the
1: epilogue, the epilogue, I agree with him. Yeah, no, no, I do they too. could have just ended. Yeah, it could have just ended with that, and I think i had look back at this. A lot better. Because ending on that high. Yeah, it's an optimistic you
0: know? ending. But yeah. instead, we get this tease for the next threat, which is like, okay, I get why you're doing it. But you, there's almost this problem with comic books sometimes that uh yeah. you get with wrestling, and you get bizarrely with soap operas, because they mm-hmm. all share one thing. What well, There's one fundamental problem that all those mediums or types of storytelling share, is that they all never end. So there's always yeah. the next thing. And they have to, in some way, tease that. And I've said it before, you know, wrestling could use an off-season... Uh, mm-hmm. I don't watch soaps but I presume they probably would benefit from an off season <laughs> and comics likewise I think it'd be okay to end this on a hopeful note and not have to set up the next threat yet you can yeah. do that in the regular books in a bit of time there's no need to do it now
1: yeah 100% and I part of me I put John's at fault for kind of that because mm. he would have those fun little teasers at the end of like Sinestro Core. we'd get like it almost would feel like a trailer for The Darkest Night but but this felt like it was just a tacked on ending yeah, you know, that's... it didn't even feel like it didn't even feel like a post credit or anything. And it's, like that and or, it's not even like
0: it's uh, you know, like Snyder did this with his yeah. stuff as well. You know, this has mm-hmm. been a constant thing for a while. But there's yeah. this one, there's like a page that's kind of like here's what's happening in action soon. Here's what's been yeah. happening in Batman, and then there's the the Neza stuff with with Robin yep. in that page. And it's okay. You got the Council of Light. Which uh, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the same sort of thing that was in Young Justice, the animated series, right?
1: I, it's been forever since I've seen okay, Justice, well, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take your word that if it's ringing a bell for you, I want to say that was see. the council
0: of light, and that was behind all the shady going on. Anyway, uh, so they're talking to someone who's sort of you know shrouded in darkness. We don't know who it is yet. It's someone saying they want to take the fight to the Justice League. Give you know sanction me to go after them. Blah 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 blah. Uh, they say they reject it, but it's kind of a like double swerve where it's like, oh no, no, we're rejecting it because at this point we think metahumans are too dangerous. You have to just eradicate metahumans in general for the world. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting thing. The idea that, like, the government or powers behind the government are enlisting someone to actually kill, like, every metahuman, and that's what, like, it's going to be, like, an attempted genocide of metahumans. That's potentially an interesting plot that could be quite weighty Mm -hmm. and could have a lot of dark stuff in it. I've got to say, though, the reveal of the final page of who this is that's getting this permission made me groan. (laughs) And it's not so much... The, the central figure being Amanda Waller makes enough sense that... I'm not actually growing at her specifically, but yeah. it's her weird suicide squad that's standing behind her.
1: Uh, if it was just Waller, and she goes, I know just the people, and they just
0: yeah.
1: guessing, like, oh, who's this team she's going to... Yeah, maybe she's going to build the
0: ultimate suicide squad. But instead, right. I'm looking at this page, and I'm like, we have peacemaker and lady peacemaker lady Peace. i don't yeah. know who that is but either uh
1: we've got some do we, do we know who that's bat super joker character is no but it feels like remember in in wades um yeah. in, uh, the early where they did the composite like the the, the green lantern batman superman oh that's right that was that's a, what it feels
0: yeah like it was a green people. lantern ring as well you're right you're right yeah um so i don't so, know i i i got to this last page and i just went huh like, th- there's, there's one
1: more right there's there's some creature behind yeah there's a big uh, robot uh, looking thing it looks like a robot doomsday kind of deal yeah. honestly so. that this last this last page i shit you
0: not is so like generic teasing the next plot line yep. with a group of villains sort of page that mm-hmm. it actually made this event feel smaller the fact that this was teasing this at the end of it made Dark Crisis itself feel like a smaller deal because yeah. the ending's been used to tease this.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I I would agree. And that's what I mean by like, they just ended it with the, the moment between Bruce and Dick and him talking about the light. And, you know, you took me into yeah. the cave and made me focus on the light. Now that's been my whole mission. And it ended there. And then this came up in like a month or two and some as a backup and something. Who, who knows? whatever whatever yeah 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 i think i would look back at dark Knights and go okay i get what the point of that was that you know nightwing is the focus of of all hope right and he's kind of that that's this is why we believe him to be the cornerstone of the dcu um, the the heart and soul, if you will. Yeah, this is just kind of like, yeah, but hey, what's this next thing? Uh, look at this guy; he's scary, huh?
0: <laughs> it just but... it made me roll my eyes. I just yeah. I, I didn't like the epilogue at all. Yeah, the stuff with with Dick, where he's like, yeah, here's the candle you made me swear in with, and I, you yeah. know, I did the candlelight vigil back at the start of the, the yeah. series because it was, you know, it was kind of an honor of you making me take the oath. And Batman snaps the candle and says, "If that shit, you're my light, Dick. You're the right? one who's kept me saying." you're the one who's done all this. It's not, it's not some oath. It's not some kept blah, blah, blah. Like I was like, okay, all right. You know what? I can yeah. get into the, the father son stuff with Batman and his Robins. I usually, you know, I choke out for, I like it. It's good stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, it's not just that because it, in the meta context too, that's, that's why they introduced Robin was to keep yeah, Batman yeah. from being too dark. So, so here for, for Bruce to comment on that, I was like, yeah, you're, I needed a partner to keep me focused on not becoming what I hated. Um, and and dick to be that and what he represents you know he is the younger sibling not the younger sibling that's what i'm looking for i mean his relationship with superman is one of my favorite things right because that's mm-hmm. like uncle clark but he looks up to him a little bit differently than he looks up to bruce right it's like how you look up to to a different family member versus your parents because they're that positive force and you know you don't have to look at them as this authority figure. Um, and you could do that with a lot of people that Dick's interacted with. I mean, we've seen it in Nightwing, all the different people that have showed up to assist him with Bloodhaven. So, yeah. you know... Um... It's,
0: yeah, it, it's just, it's kind of... Yeah, like, you know, that stuff was good. Like, some of these character beats are mm-hmm. pretty solid. Um, you know, it, it sets up where a bunch of the characters are going you Know, like, there's a, there's a nine panel grid page where it's like, yeah. okay, the GSA are you know back to being the GSA, so they're going to like mm-hmm. deal with stuff. The t- Titans have got the tower again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the uh, what you call it? the qu- quintessence, uh, is yeah, back is together, back together, so that's going again. Uh, Roy and Diana are going to go look for Oliver, you know, all this stuff. Um,
1: still, still not knowing what's going on with Ollie, right. Like, that, well, that's
0: that's one of the weird blunders of this whole series. Is, yeah, was his sacrifice moment like it didn't? It came out of nowhere so quickly that and, we we just kind of went like, why does he have to sacrifice himself? I don't understand. Right,
1: right. And was that in an actual issue or was that in one of the tie-ins? It had to been in the actual issue, right? Was I assume so, but
0: it says something that we can't say definitively yeah. that it was.
1: Yeah. No. Oh, and then to find out that the Big Bang issue takes place after Dark Crisis. That was weird. That was a little bit weird, yeah. It you
0: it, it know, does except, make a it makes a bit more sense, admittedly, in hindsight. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's that is a bit weird. Like, why not just release it later? I don't
1: right. And then after this, so the anti monitor's like, now's my time. I'm gonna go start eating universes again. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, I would understand if this as it was going on, but yeah, um, yeah. Also, Deathstroke, weird.
0: after all this, is in a tank, uh, looking kind of Darth Vader-esque without all yeah. his armor on. And someone, um, I don't know if we could tell from that sleeve who it is, but someone yeah. is is turning off the, uh, the 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 medication that's helping with his pain, so he's just being tortured yeah. in this tank.
1: If I had to guess, it's his ex-wife, <laughs> because that was their whole dynamic in Priest Run—is how much they hated each other. Sure, sure, sure. You know, but yeah, I did like this because it, it is some growth for Deathstroke because the what Williamson says to here is that he was going to unleash the darkness because he was tired of losing his kids. Right. And when you think about it, just recently, when he found out about Respawn being a clone of him, you know, and, and, and whatever, but then you think about all the kids he has lost with, with grant, with Jericho at a certain point, Rose, you know, it, I, I do like this, that it left him. He, he did this out of a weird protective thing which is kind of how he was against the Titans, right? Like he was hmm. finishing the contract and his whole thing against Nightwing was always like, I'm doing this to teach you a lesson that you shouldn't mess around with this stuff. Um, so I felt very much in in vibe with who he is. And then so at the end where he's, you know, the, the darkness has burned out his serum, right? He's in this tank, like you said, like Darth Vader. And it it's, you know, this new version of Deathstroke that I've never seen before. Right, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's looking
0: a, pretty rough. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I also I did like there's a scene where Barry and Hal are basically talking about how they were once the new kids when they t- mm-hmm. when they took over for Alan and and Jay and how yeah. there's this new generation now under them that the they're kind of like giving way to and mm-hmm. I I like that little reminiscing moment that mm-hmm. was that was kind of sweet. Um yep. and you know so I say there's some character beasts in here that I really like but like mm-hmm. the the overall story does feel quite messy by the end and the epilogue like teaser is just whatever yeah. like, I, you know I don't know uh you know so the artists on this because there was four of the bloody uh things yeah uh Jack Herbert Dielson Pierre uh, Giuseppe Camencoli uh Cam Smith and sorry it's five not four and Rafa nope. Sandoval um yeah. you could tell it was shifting around uh yeah. quite a bit and it's a shame because there is some pages that I'm like oh this is a really nice page yeah. here and then there's Chef's are like, oh, this now it's changed and it's not as good,
1: yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, the, so. the styles clash a little bit. Pretty sure Sandoval did the last, the, the, the epilogue because that felt very mm. San, Sandoval. Um, it makes know.
0: sense that that was like one of the artists yeah. was just on the epilogue, yeah,
1: yeah. So, but yeah, kind of just thrown together, kind of you know, um, again, if it, if it wasn't for the epilogue, I'd, I'd think about this a little bit better because of those strong moments, you know, because of the dick, and then again, it comes down to Dick versus Slade. Right? Like,
0: that is an epic rivalry. I think I probably wouldn't rate it super highly, but I would be more positive in the sense that, okay, it's kind of the usual messy event thing that doesn't really yeah. act, feel like it's a big deal in the end, but it does have the good character beast to come out of it. So as long as you're okay and, like, you're not too jaded by these types of events, you can probably get something out of it. Uh, but yeah. the ending is kind of weird, and the ep—I I mean, the epilogue, mm-hmm. I mean, is, is weird, and just kind of deflating and kind of retroactively yeah. just feel, it makes everything feel smaller. I will say, you know, Black Adam giving his power to everyone. You get that nice two-page spread where everyone's in Black Adam colours, which was a bit weird to me, like, because Mary Marvel's there, and I'm like, but she's already got Shazam power. Why is she affected by this? That was a bit odd, but, you know, whatever. Probably Uh,
1: because the artist just wanted to draw Mary Marvel there. Probably, yeah. But I will say that, that, you know... If
0: if Billy did this or Mary did this, uh, it'd be a cool moment. But it means a lot more for Black Adam to do it because yeah. he's he's typically like well, he looks down on them, he's against them, you know.
1: Well, there's that, and we know how how he got his power right by killing his nephew. Mm. You know who wouldn't share the power, so he takes it for himself. It's a, it's a better character you know?
0: more for him to share yeah. than it is for Billy or exactly,
1: because yeah. that's who Billy's been from the beginning, right? That's how we get the Shazam family and Freddie and Mary originally. So you know, I thought that was a really cool moment because then it. And it and it goes with the you know story of Black Adam being like I can't I can't run with these kids these kids aren't gonna go far enough and then so the fact is like well no that was the point and they are worthy you know and they need my help so for him to finally you know give in to you know to do that and and the only way he can do that is to share his power is a real cool thing
0: yeah that was a good <clears throat> moment for him so. There's good moments, but god damn that that epilogue yeah. just makes everything feel smaller yeah. and just yeah. generic. By
1: well, and, and again the whole the whole great darkness, which again the red herring of it all is fine at the beginning and reading through the the tie-ins about oh the great darkness is just existing and it's being manipulated by Pariah, and then you know to find out that it's not this threat, but get to the end and it's just Deathstroke because even Pariah's gone. It just kind of felt flat for me. Yeah,
0: so. I mean, we said that last issue, but yeah, this shifting to Deathstroke being the main villain mm-hmm. is weird. It doesn't feel yeah. right. It feels like an no. odd shift. Uh, yeah. So, like,
1: had it, had it been Deathstroke from the beginning, because of whatever had happened, you know, it, it allowed the darkness to in to enter him and manipulate him. Um, but yeah, also, I did look up the Council of Light, and that one hundred percent from human Justice. Okay, cool. So
0: not, not crazy. Uh, if, Good.
1: No, so if you. <laughs> So if you if you're aware of who's on the Council of Light on the show, I'm pretty sure that's going to be part of the reveals later. Um, possibly. So.
0: I mean, I only vaguely remember, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of episodes early in Young Justice season one that end with like a villain talking to this Council of Light. It's yeah. a very recurring theme for a while. Yeah. Uh. So. Okay. Well, in that case, I mean, yeah. what what are you rating Dark Crisis issue seven?
1: I'm gonna say seven point five.
0: I thought... Yeah, I don't think I can go that high. Sorry? Uh, maybe. I think it would have been a 7 without the epilogue. Because okay. I would have been like, this is messy, it's weird that we've shifted villains, but I like enough of the character moments to give it a 7. I think with this epilogue, it has to go down at least another half point to 6.5. Uh, but I think I'm going to go even... I'm going to say 6. I'm going to give it a 6. Okay. Even though there's some moments in it I really like, I think overall, the messiness, the shift of the villain... Uh, The fact that we're still in the same battlefield four issues later, when it feels like there's not a lot of distinct moments uh, that feel have progressed issue to issue, and then the fact that this epilogue just completely is like, eh, eh, yeah, what? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's my noise, eh? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there you go, six out of ten for me on Dark Crisis Seven nightwing 99 tom taylor writing with bro redondo and Geraldo borges on the art so yeah
1: couple couple pages of borges yeah. uh, you can you can tell but it doesn't it doesn't add a speed it, it keeps
0: into the style of the main mm-hmm. art as best it can I, and uh, i wonder if this is because obviously issue 100 is a bigger issue maybe redondo yeah. had extra pages to do on that or something uh, not that i suspect he's doing can, the whole issue but
1: yeah can i just say that i'm tired of nightwing maintaining this quality like...
0: <laughs> what a weird complaint to have
1: yeah, that. Right? Just... Why?
0: The only Finish bad thing about Nightwing issue. is that it might be too good.
1: <laughs> right, right, that's where I'm at, where I'm just like, man, this whole this gets into some weird stuff of Bloodhaven, and I'm so intrigued, and just when I'm thinking like, oh, okay, this will be a nice capper for, for Nightwing, the stuff with Tony Zuko and Melinda, and i was like, damn, Taylor. What are you doing? Where's all this stuff coming from? Keeping me hooked on... It's, it's opened up keeping a Keeping me hooked thing. on Dick, so, is what he's doing.
0: Keeping you hooked on Dick. <laughs> yep,
1: keeping me hooked on Dick.
0: Uh, <laughs> Matt can't get enough of
1: Dick. Nope. I... <laughs> Alright, so... so yeah. uh, basically,
0: because Blockbuster's been taken down, and because uh, Maroney's been taken down... This issue brings in Tony Zuko, who's been out of prison on good behavior, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> and ish. he comes to see his daughter, and is like, hey, we're going to take over this town, you and I. The Zukos will be a big deal. Our name's going to mean something. And of course, she immediately goes and tells Dick, because she's not a villain, uh, right. like her father. And he's going to apparently steal something to make a lot of money in the next day. So Dick follows him as Nightwing to this lighthouse, Uh, It Mm -hmm. turns out the two mysterious women that are in trench coats with Zuko are double dare. Uh, Uh,
1: I loved it because they are circus performers. mm. So, of course, Zuko would be using circus people. Of course. Well,
0: Mm. what I really like about it is just that, you know, even as he's fallen, there's this kind of, like, tension to it because this is the man who got his parents killed. So it's one of those, like, little things where I never want Bruce to get revenge or deal more directly with like a villain who you know, I, you know i don't like that in the batman movie joker killed his parents right and right. obviously we know who joe chill is but joe chill not this like he's not another one of these villains who are doing things constantly that Batman's dealing with no. but i like that with Nightwing it's different because tony rzuko is this active of crime boss who is going to keep trying right. to be a crime boss and that has to kind of be faced with that constantly whenever this stuff goes on but yeah it turns out there's this kind of you know underground criminal like bank this vault system under this lighthouse, mm-hmm. which is actually an old pirate ship in a cave under the lighthouse, <laughs> with a with a whale skeleton over it. It looks cool as hell. <laughs> I'm glad you know that's a whale because I I, I yeah. wasn't sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks like it's a humpback. Uh, uh, you know, the you want, way that it's positioned. I so. think it's just the, the yeah.
0: because it's this long looking beak. I was like, is yeah. this some sort of dinosaur? Like, what is this yeah, thing? Um, yeah. but yeah, so that's kind of like this the entrance to it's this big skeleton the skull mm-hmm. that's opened and zuko goes and steals this uh safety deposit box that belongs to Maroni. and mm-hmm. the guy who's there tries to stop him i was getting a lot of uh the conf uh the continental from john wick vibes from this yep
1: 100 but pirate themed
0: yeah but the old guy with the beard who's there like you know he's he's like the uh concierge. the lance reddick or yeah the concierge yeah but the lance reddick yeah. of of this mm-hmm. place where he's like no if you do this like the people who store things here are not going to let this go like they're going to come after you and yeah, he sh- Zuko shoots the guy in the eye and tries to. He goes to shoot him again to kill him, and that's when Nightwing comes in with his, yeah. a scream his stick. stick yeah. just boom! Knocks the guy out. And we get this great two-page uh, like sequence. This it's a two-page spread, but it's like yep. all the stages of a fight as Nightwing's fighting Double Dare up and like down all the parts of the the, the pirate ship. Yep. As Zuko's like running along the bottom, then across the bridge, and like Nightwing sort of like chasing him from because Nightwing's running up the tail yep. of the uh, the way as the tail. It is a tail still technically, but it, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah, Um, but it's glorious.
1: It's what we've come to expect from action sequences from Taylor and Redondo. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the fluidity. So it's all on one page, but there's multiple of the characters, and you're following them. Yep. It gives it this nice sense of fluidity. Um, and yeah, ah, it's such a such a delight to read. Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: almost the equivalent of doing, like, a winner in a movie where yeah. you do it all in one thing, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, obviously, Dick uh, gets to Zuko and he's going to beat him up uh, and that's when this ship of, like, mercenaries who are here to, like, defend this place show up. Yeah. And they try to tell Dick that they're taking him, but the old guy comes out and says, no, nightwing showed up and like helped defend this place technically mm-hmm. even though obviously nightwing doesn't care about defending this place specifically no. but because of that no let him take zuko to the authorities you know he's uh right but there's a little hint here dropped for the future where he says hey uh you know nightwing there's a safe here for you uh and i don't know if the number 538 is something we can yeah. tie to in Nightwing. i was like what happened to the detective comics 538 because that's the that's yeah. the one book that has that number that could be relevant but that i don't could know. Be. Yeah. Um but uh yeah so apparently he's got a box that was left there from uh someone yeah it just says someone yeah it doesn't say who
1: there's somebody and it's like but is it for nightwing or is it for dick grayson like do they know you well, know that's the question
0: that, yeah if he if he yeah. doesn't if he doesn't know who he who really is then it'll just be for nightwing but if right going could be a reveal that he really knows that he's dick grayson i don't know
1: right and you know and, and who put it there and and, and there um and he comes back with an eye patch, right the quartermaster,
0: yeah, yeah he um, shows up with the eye which patch he
1: gives him even more of a pirate look, which I love um after being shot in the eye. who is this guy? you know uh just puts a patch on and goes to to take in Zuko, yeah, with, the only thing the I could think
0: is it. like like maybe his parents but these parents weren't part of the crime underworld, so why would they no. have something here specifically? no, I don't know uh yeah, uh, yeah it's weird, so that's all tease for the future though and a bit more delving into like his backstory mm-hmm. um melinda goes to see her father who's now you know in jail uh, mm-hmm. to visit him and basically says and tells him that uh not only is she helping put him away and keeping him away for everything he's done um she informs him that she's legally changed her name and she's no longer a zuko and that, that name's dying with him uh she's now uh, melinda grayson lynn uh, she's taking grayson as uh, part <sighs> of her last name so. I'm
1: not saying it made me misty-eyed, but it did not make me misty-eyed. <laughs> the, the Dick officially has a sister now, right?
0: Like yeah. yeah, it is nice because obviously this guy, uh, you know, Zuko cares so much about his legacy. The idea that yeah. she's choosing to leave that behind, right? Uh, you know, you can see it. That's what's part of the art that's great here is that his reaction to this, like he, mm-hmm. he's he's so smug in that top panel on that page, yep. and then he's like in shock. He shook, you know, he shook as the kids say. Yeah, uh, so now um but yeah uh yeah. so yeah we have a uh, D- Wayne and melinda uh mm-hmm. talking about this uh and talking about how to take over the start protect the city um the only thing that i was i guess my only critique all oh, in just a few pages of a different artist yeah. uh that i want to make on this issue is that when they're talking towards the end of the issue uh we see like zuko in his cell and someone's talking to him from the next cell mm. and then the next panel is kg beast in a cell as well and I wasn't sure if these two scenes were connected or if they're two separate things. Yeah, because so, the next two panels—look, this is like four vertical panels on this page. Yeah, the next two are both heartless stuff, and it's just sort of setting up the heartless is like basically Still. taking over like, all the henchmen of like you know Blockbuster or whoever by like ripping out hearts and threatening them and stuff.
1: Yeah, so, and we know he's supercharged because he has Blockbuster's heart now. Yeah,
0: but he's he's yeah. grown his power as far as like being a mm-hmm. crime boss goes, right? So that's I, happening.
1: So, yeah, so I took this. Is, this is heartless talking to talking to them he's gonna pull them in because oh, okay of okay. course of course to rip out dick grayson's heart you're gonna to have to have tony zuko and you're gonna have the guy that turned him into rick grayson right like he taylor's talked on this or not talked on it but through through the you know the, yeah, uh, the night, night, night stuff man. yeah you know he's referenced that so of course they're gonna to go to the the guys that you know had these big impacts on Okay, I, like. I can
0: see it now that you're saying it, that maybe mm-hmm. that's the through line here that connects all these panels together. Yeah. Uh, but it, it did read because it kind of felt like because the second two panels were obviously connected in the same scene mm-hmm. that I was expecting. I wasn't sure if the first two were just like tied together as the same scene because they've got yeah. similar coloring, just like how the second two panels have are both mm-hmm. bathed in red. Yeah. Those are and, blue and, maybe, and, yellow.
1: and maybe this is the butler dude for Heartless. I've written his name. Oh maybe yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: maybe he's going to recruit them. And, yeah.
1: And he's recruiting them. You so, know, as makes... much as, as much
0: as I hate the whole Rick Racing thing, the idea that yeah. KG Beast is the one behind that and then Zuko's the one behind his parents. Yeah, you're kinda of building almost like an anti dick race Avengers yeah. <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah. It yeah.
1: It it's the was that the Superman revenge squad? Yeah, yeah,
0: right? yeah. There you go. There you
1: kinda go. it's the it's the Nightwing Revenge Squad. And I like that just because it's been so like, Taylor has paced us out so well over the course and um. Yeah. You
0: know. it feels like a run. It feels like a a long mm-hmm. run that has like a a yep. game plan and it. it knows where it's going. Yeah. Which is great.
1: Yep. Like uh, it's yeah again. Stop being so good.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, this whole like uh bank you know, underground bank vault thing. Uh, I'm
1: so curious about this because I think it's <laughs> it's it's a little cheesy, but it's awesome super it's, cool. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a bit cheesy, but it, it kind of works. But yeah, uh, just the, the idea that the guy that runs the keep or whatever it's called is. He's the quartermaster, and then the leader of the mercenaries is the captain. And like you said, I didn't even make the John Wick comparison, but yeah, it, it definitely feels like the Continental. Like there's this whole secret world that no one's aware of, unless you're involved in it. Um, and and I feel like if something bad happens, I feel like whatever's in that vault is going to help Nightwing defeat Heartless. Um. So you know maybe maybe these guys maybe. They- the keep whoever they're called are are gonna be the the people that help you know get him back up up to par who knows
0: yeah um yeah there's a there's a lot of play there i like the character i I actually i was also surprisingly kind of moved by melinda changing her name i don't Mm -hmm. know why i wasn't expecting that to hit me but it kind of did in the moment
1: yeah me too and just just the idea though that he's you know dick's never been alone but like because he's had the robins and he's got barbara but just the idea that he has a blood sister out there now that he can actually you know by name they're not just in blood you know that it is his sister i think that's going to mean a lot going forward i just hope she's not a target for heartless because if taylor's doing this just to rip out our hearts i'm gonna be so mad at him you know um yeah don't do not do it, Taylor, please. I know you're a patron saint, but please.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you're going to kill a character who's like a regular yep. in this book, she's the one that would make I the know. most sense.
1: And he's done a lot to endear uh, her Because,
0: you know, there'd be an uproar if he kills Babs. Um, yeah. I, don't, that, yeah you know.
1: I think that's off of books. I think so. anything like that. Or, you know.
0: It's but, yeah. it's, it's Melinda or the dog, right? Yeah. <laughs> These are the choices.
1: Yeah. And I mean the dog just got a, a, a short story in, in the annual.
0: hmm
1: You know? So you know, by wings by wings over. Right? You're not gonna
0: Yeah. Not Which gonna for that. those of you who don't watch wrestling, over means, uh, no, 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 it means popular. Not 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 cancelled. Oh, yeah, over doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. it's ended. Over yeah. means they're That's over right. with the crowd, meaning that the crowd yeah. likes them and uh right. yeah. yeah. So I uh, th- think of it as uh the, the went over the over the, the line bar. or over the top oh over oh, I always think of it as maybe like uh yeah, I guess that's a better way of saying it. I was going to say, it's it's like, uh like, the cups fill and it's spilling over, even though, that, that, yeah. sounds, like a, that sounds like a bad thing, though. I don't, I don't right. know. Look, like, it's just a stupid wrestling term, okay? I, it, I, I it can't is, explain it. It's, yeah, yeah, I
1: know. Um, so... But yeah, no. Um, I just, I had that, when when she got the name change, that's where I was like, oh no, please. Tom Taylor, don't do this to us. And he probably will, because this is what he does so well. Oh yeah, well. he's
0: going to break our hearts. You know he is.
1: Yeah. You know, so... And that's this is why we love him. That's why he's he's amongst our favorite writers, you know. And you know when we get to the when we get to the end of year special, the the annual, you know, that's why Tom Taylor's name is always high up on our list. Is because of stuff like this. Um, well, so, it's funny you
0: mentioned that because we're very close to the end of year yeah. special. Uh, so in fact, we'll be mm-hmm. talking about that when you record that probably uh, when we're done yeah. today. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Um, all right, what are you rating, Nightwing ninety nine? I'm giving there's a nine. <sighs> I think I'll go eight point five, and it's just purely because there's a few pages of a different artist yeah. that kind of just break the consistency up a little bit. But okay. it's very good, excellent, loving the ongoing story, good stuff. So, mm-hmm. cool. Looking forward to issue a hundred. Um, here's here's hoping that we can celebrate in about seventy issues. Taylor's a hundredth Nightwing issue. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure,
0: right? But who knows? Uh, But yeah, that's Nightwing 99. The Flash, 789. Jeremy Adams writing with Fernando Pissarin on the art. So uh, the rogues were deputized, and this issue sort of continues that. Piper showed up to help, and uh, he catches up with the family who are excited to see him, all that stuff. Uh but the main talking point here is kind of the reveal that it's not just uh Wolf who's right. like you know like obviously we've seen that he has powers, and maybe mm-hmm. we should have speculated that he was really someone else or he had it's not like it's not like it's a different character. It's, 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 it's still his body, but yeah. he's he's being possessed or he's being co-inhabited by the Lords of Order.
1: Yep. Weird weird flex for them to go for this warden from Keystone City. <laughs> right, like, he, like usually it's, it's Dove or it's it's Naboo and Doctor Fate, but now they're gonna go after Gregory Wolf. So, um, but I like that because that that scene where he basically he stops Wally in his tracks, right, with whatever, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh man, what is going on? Um, also I gotta give Jeremy Adams credit for this feeling very much like a John's era book with all of the rogues and the the banter in between them and oh, then sure. When you when you add Piper to it, it felt like a comfortable hug. There's
0: a, know? yeah, it's a very pleasant book. And I don't think mm-hmm. it like hits like an incredible high. But I, I think the art from Pissarin in this issue is mm-hmm. uh, particularly one of the best that the that this runs had. And I think yeah. it's there's a, you know there's like when Wally decides to go and confront Wolf, which is after mm-hmm. a fun moment where like Linda says, just ask him about uh, this yeah, corruption. Yeah, go, go talk to
1: him. Yeah. well... Uh, and then when he shows up in his office, too, and he's just very um, smarmy Wally, which I love. Yeah, I was not that.
0: But it, it evolves into a fight where, you know, he, he tries to chase Will and the rogues show up, and mm-hmm. there's, like, a two-page spread where it's Wally and Super Speed like, punching each of the rogues individually. So it's this great two-page, mm-hmm. you know, layout. Yeah. And that looks great. Um, even just the rogues standing there waiting for him look great. Like, so much of this big, like, last half of the issue with the fighting with the rogues just looked really good. And there's a fun, like... Mm-hmm. Sequence where it's like, uh, Wolf grabs him by the neck, throws him into like the glass where Mirror Master teleports him up to like another part of the glass, and then yep. Cole just like has the ice gun blasting at him Ready. as he comes out. That's yeah. a really great little sequence. And it's all one For panel, sure. you know. It's all yeah. just uh,
1: it's all one panel. And then like, uh, when Mirror Master does that, it's like uh, the portal gun. Like, I'm not familiar with that game at all. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, like that's the culture, like, yeah, right. So you see half of his body going through and then coming out from another one. And it's kind of staggered, and Cold's waiting there, and then he gets frozen. Like, yeah, it is a very... It also makes the rogues look like a threat, right? Like, you can't take these guys lightly anymore. You know, just some joke, so... Yeah, and then um, you get
0: to have the big, you know, the family shop with Piper to help, and, uh, you know, that's all good fun. Um, So, but ultimately, like, it turns out, like, this is the Lords of Order coming through, Mm Wolf. And Wally says, connect to my mind, see me, and know that you don't have to do this. You don't have to do the martial law, you don't have to do this stuff. You know, some of this is a little bit murky and, like, it's a bit high concept plot-wise, but the part of it that I did quite like was Wally admitting he was wrong for not thinking that the rogues deserve a chance to be good. Yep. He basically says, look, I kind of jumped to this conclusion that they were still up to no good, no matter what, and pursued that. And I shouldn't have. Right? They deserve a Mm -hmm. chance to actually do something good if that's what they're really trying to do. And this Mm -hmm. issue ends with, like, a green kind of, like, a a ceasefire with Wolf. Yeah, it's like, you know, okay, why about we still try and clean up the city without doing it this way so that we can do it more peacefully? And he's like, okay, the rogues are still good guys, technically, so we're we're, kind of working with each other for a bit.
1: Yeah, and it made me think of the Renegades from the future, too. Like, is this the start of that? You know? Um, So...
0: No, it's a, it's a really interesting little end to this, uh, mm-hmm. which gave me a good chuckle. Um
1: for sure. So. Well, and then them bringing up, which, you know, we didn't read, but that flash-forward book, like, that page gets into that with him and Tempest Fuginot. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it did give it, like, while well, he does have this perspective now, almost like he's enlightened. That there's, there's bigger things going on, and like, yeah, I, I should have given them the benefit of the doubt for once. Yeah. You know, which... The rogues are gonna rogue, right? Like, I don't... I. <laughs> It's only a matter of time before they slip up and start doing crimes again, um, you know. But for now, Wally can give them the benefit of the doubt. And
0: it's worth know, mentioning like that, that, that Wolf is still—it's not like he's been taken over personality-wise. Yeah. Like, once once he's, the Lord stopped talking through him and he lands, mm-hmm. he is Wolf that's talking again. He's clearly referring yeah. to the Lords as like in the third person, and he, you know, yeah. so he is like there. He knows he's working with the Lords of Order, mm-hmm. but he's you know, and this is this is all set up because you know Wally's spent time in Gem World and working with Fate and stuff, and he, yep. he, he references all that. Uh, and that's how he came to this conclusion. So yeah, we have this interesting like, you know, um, potential alliance with the rogues going forward. And obviously, we're starting the one minute war next. We're, yeah. we're double shipping while that's going on. So you know, that that looks like it's going to be a fun arc. Uh, yeah. And I I had I had a good time with this issue. I I do think like the Lords of Order thing almost did come out of nowhere for me, but mm-hmm. I liked everything that came from it and the the scene, which is you know Wally admitting how he was wrong and he should have believed sure. that he could do better and so on. Uh, and then just the fun banter with the, the rogues, and also the the family with Piper.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I love when Piper shows up, and the kids start acting like kids. I love when comic kids act like kids. Mm. And all all Jay wants to do is tell him his secret, uh, his code name. Right? Yeah. He's like, Harley, want to hear my code name? <laughs> you know? Uh, and it's real nice. And, and I'm still dying to know what Irie's new one's going to be. So we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, it's going to be revealed soon. Impulsive. Yeah, something along those lines. (laughs) Uh, But then also Hartley finding out that he's working for Terrific Tech, too. And him and Wally come into that. He's like, oh, you worked there, too? Mm. And then, you know, doing the buddy-buddy thing. So there's just a lot of character to this book. And, you know, you can tell that Adams has an affinity for for Wally and the family and everything. And it really comes through. So
0: Yeah. Uh, No, I had a good time. I think the arts are really solid. I think uh, Mm -hmm. Pissarro and nails all the action here really well. I think the colouring's very good. Everything pops really nicely. Uh, I just I had a very pleasant time with the book. It's not necessarily hitting mm-hmm. super like new highs or anything or doing anything groundbreaking mm-hmm. but I'm having just as a kind of a comfort and time reading it uh, most issues. Yeah. So, uh, What are you rating The Flash? 7, 8, 9.
1: I'm going to give this an 8.
0: You know what? Yeah, I uh, I'll agree with the 8. Yeah. I agree with that. Alright, there you go. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the flash uh, alright Batman vs. Robin issue 4 Mark Wade writing with Mohamed Asar and Scott Goodluski on the art it is like mm-hmm. a it's a pretty hefty it's like a 45 page issue or something like that yeah Uh, yeah. pretty hefty and obviously it wraps up uh, what we've been doing Uh, Damien does eventually sort of you know when Batman breaks control of the spell so Damien is back to normal by the end of the issue obviously yes. he's, he's still under the control for a good chunk of it though and this is Neza of course uh he wants damien to kill batman he's sucking in lazarus just whilst his son whose name i still am not going to remember king
1: yeah, it's something king bull and that's what i got confused of in monkey prince fire king bull something like that. fire king bull yeah like, is that it's neza's son not his dad because his dad was the one that created the lazarus pits yes you know just getting all caught up i got that all mixed up but to see that this this threat of this, you know, it's a uh, Reading variable.
0: monthly ing- single issues is such a weird experience sometimes. Because yes. I, I will sometimes forget everything, and then I'll read a few pages of the next issue and go, okay, so it's all starting to click back. But sometimes yep. it's so weird, whatever they set up, that I'm like, okay, who is the son again? <laughs> like, what's going yeah. on with this, this bullfellow? For, for yeah. sure. But, uh, yeah, so Damien and Batman fight um some internal monologue about you know the the moves that damien's using some of which he learned from batman some he learned from you know shiva and other teachers that bruce doesn't know and this all being like and i do like that damien clocks this when he kind of has him beat he's like wait a minute like batman would have a plan like you you would know how this was going to go so what was the plan and it turns out that batman already found talia and talia comes out uh, just as Nez is about to put on the, 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 the Fate helmet, which has yep. got all the other magicians and uh, magic users' powers. It's been, yeah, supercharged. Yeah. And the big play that Batman has here is that he grabs the helmet and puts it on. And I love that the Fate helmet gets the, the ears.
1: Just, just... Yeah, I was going to say that too. It's, again, one of these things that's so cheesy, but
0: it works. It, that's a Mark Wade thing. Yeah. I, I'm just yeah, 100%. That's absolutely what it is. Uh, so... You know, he fires out. Uh, he, he talks about how he, he's not really good with the helmet necessarily. I like this yeah. little detail. It's that like, because magic's all about submitting to it and giving yourself over to it, and Batman can't really do that.
1: Yeah, Batman it's, doesn't submit. Right? It's just They're, not who
0: he is. Yeah. So, but he's doing. He's, he's doing a fair shake. He's firing magic bats at people, <laughs> as you <Yeah>. do.
1: <laughs> I am a hundred percent, like not disappointed, but. I figured we would have seen, like, a magic utility belt, right, pop up. <laughs> and that's where he was pulling magic from, because that's how, to me, that's how Bruce would think of magic, right? He would There's still think process. of it, yeah,
0: he would think of it in a logical way, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, but yeah, him him shooting bats at people is pretty funny. Yes. I had a good chuckle last night as I was reading this.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, so he's he's doing all this, he's fighting Neza, and the art gets kind of trippy as they're, mm-hmm. you know, doing whatever. Uh, Mother's soul, Talia tries to push her off like a, a crevice or whatever it is. And yeah. da- Damien tries to save her because he's not a killer. He's, you know, I'm still Batman's yeah. son. I'm not doing that. But then she lets go. Uh, so we leave that off in kind of a promiscuous yeah. state. Uh, and Neza tries to take the helmet off Batman, but Batman, because he's resisting, the helmet explodes in yeah. uh, a power of light and it explodes into the Lazarus like pit that's there in this volcano. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Damien stabs Neza with a flaming spear uh, as you do and Neza tries to fire uh, a fire blast at Damien Batman jumps in front of it and gets hit and technically dies uh, in the moment and they have to channel the Lazarus energy from, not the pit because apparently that's like, because of the the fate helmet exploding and all the power that's like toxic now, that's not going to work but they're channeling all the Lazarus energy that, that Neza like absorbed earlier <laughs> this year from him,
1: sweaty. Basically, it's Neza's sweat. <sighs> yes, from drinking the Lazarus juice. And they're able yeah. to do
0: this because he's too busy fighting his son. the The, the fire yeah. Bill King's uh, showing up, right? And uh, they're they're fighting. Uh, so this is all going on. This is all insane as shit. I have to. That's why I clarify yep. this. Like, this is nonsense.
1: And kind when, of a fun when we way. we were getting but... a book called <laughs> Batman vs Robin. I did not believe there would be. Batman fighting a demon king in in a cave that's filled with Lazarus pit. Yeah. Like that's not where I thought this book would go at all. So yeah, so... basically
0: they, they run off at the end. Uh Neza flees as well. They're going to Italia's plane, and the final page is the the, the volcano in Lazarus Island erupting mm-hmm. with Lazarus energy, no doubt causing the Lazarus planet that we're about right. to <laughs> see.
1: Experience.
0: Yes. yes. Uh I mean, I can't say that I didn't have a good time reading that. I can't say that I didn't yeah. like some of the character piece, and I certainly can't say that I'm not intrigued by where it's going. But definitely, objectively, some of it's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure. Well, we also get the Shifu pixie with uh, with Black Alice saying like, "Oh yeah, know, yeah,
0: there too." We, I, the, we, I was too busy trying to get the big points. I wasn't yeah. even thinking about them.
1: Yeah, but so you know, we we have more work to do for you. Don't 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 worry, little one which you know makes me wonder what's going on with with Shaifu Pixie you know cuz you know we we know he's been uh, Marcus's tutor in magic but like what else is he doing when he's not with Marcus is do, he tutoring other people like you know Joe um, you know thinks it's
0: interesting comparing this to Dark Crisis is that mm-hmm. this arguably shares some things with Dark Crisis and that you've got a creator and Mark Wade, much like Williamson mm-hmm. who completely is passionate about this and loves doing this weird mm-hmm. stuff I think the difference is, though, is that Wade is, like, pulling on, like, strands and doing things that at least I've not seen before, or at the very mm-hmm. least not in a long time, and pl- pl- pulling on things, like, from Monkey Prince and stuff that are, you oh. know, and there's is this whole new thing. Whereas at least, I think with Williamson and the crisis stuff, and a lot of the things that Williamson's done, is that he ultimately kind of reverts back into, like, a nostalgia kind of thing, mm-hmm. where he, he goes back to kind of the well. Here, even though Wade's using things that he clearly cares about because he he likes these characters, he likes, you know, the nostalgia of certain Mm -hmm. things, it feels like he's doing weirder things with it. So, there's kind of almost like, even if I don't necessarily love every idea, there's kind of like, I I can appreciate and feel the passion constantly. Yeah. So, Um, because I don't necessarily like the idea that Batman died and was brought back by Lazarus just within five minutes. I'm not filled with that as a plot beat to be honest. But
1: no, but I want to know, but I want to know how that how is that gonna affect him through Lazarus Planet.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? So it it's almost like if, if you're gonna compare the two, they're like two different artists in they're covering a song, but the way that Williamson does it, it's like oh you can tell where that is. Whereas Wade's covering it all his complete way, and you're like, How is this even the same song? You know? Um, mm. and I feel that's how he's approach like that's how Wade approaches the DCU like he has this very very complete knowledge of everything and he's just like well how can I tweak it to make it different whereas I feel with Williamson he's just like yeah no I love DC I'm just gonna you know get into my comfort zone and write things Yeah, I guess the, the
0: difference is, is that Wade wants to use everything he loves and I think Taylor does this with a lot of mm-hmm. his like characters and books right now especially when you look at someone like Deceased or you look at, or um, mm-hmm. uh, even just his Nightwing run, but mm-hmm. using everything he loves to do new things with the characters yeah. whereas it feels like Williamson's wanting to play the greatest hits again and yeah. is doing another crisis because he wants to do his like callback to Crisis. So right. it's a little bit. It's, you know, it's almost like that legacy nostalgia sequel problem that movies mm-hmm. have right now. Where yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife can't be its own thing. It's just this love letter to Ghostbusters. And right. fundamentally, it's like it's too much sugar and dessert and not enough actual nutrition. Right. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So um. But yeah, no, Mark Wade. I'm so glad he's back writing for DC. Like oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know. Um, came, came up reading his Legion. That's why I love Legion so much. And then I realized, I don't know, I really just love the the Mark Wade version of Legion because it was the same thing. It was these, these familiar concepts of like Colossal Boy, right? But the way that Mark Wade did Colossal Boy was he was a giant naturally and he would have to shrink down to Legion size. So when he would grow, he was just going back to his normal thing. So it was just always just a slight little tweak there. To make it his own thing. And that's very much what this, you know, Batman and Robin run been. I mean, we, we did the House of Secrets and the House of Mystery in issue two, you know, and how pulling pulling from the DC, um, like uh, not legacy, but like their history of that book and those characters that had showed up that I didn't know who they were until I researched them. But the fact that Mark Waid did and did it his own way and how they conversed with Batman it's really cool. So again, yeah, I'm glad that he's back. Yeah. Uh all
0: right, what are you rating? Uh Batman v Superman? That's Batman um, v Superman. Uh, Batman, Batman B- v Robin. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. You don't really want my score for that first thing you said. <laughs> uh the uh, Batman versus Robin. I'm gonna give this an eight.
0: <laughs> um what am I giving this?
1: I I'm gonna go with
0: uh i'll go with a seven on this like i, I think there's just go. enough things that, that i'm not as necessarily in love with but i do like a lot you know it was there was definitely an easy read it was i'm definitely intrigued by where it's going even though i don't mm-hmm. think lazarus planet is something that i'm that actively excited about i'm definitely curious i'm definitely going yeah. to be you know into at least seeing what it is yeah so
1: it, it's one of those things where you're like i don't know what this is going to be and it could be a complete mess or it can be complete zany fun Yeah, it's gonna be one of the two though. I don't think it'll be a middling, mediocre thing, you know, because he's swinging hard for whatever for whatever it is. Yeah. So, Batman, Superman, World's
0: Finest, Issue Ten, Mark Wade writing once again with Dan Mora on art, and this issue, you know, has a lot of big spectacle moments, but it has also a big reveal because the whole time, um, Boy Thunder has actually been another character that they have uh been holding back on us
1: that we've been familiar with kind of um yeah we got to that last page reveal and it it hit me in the face like a splash of cold water and i was like oh mark wade
0: you're still buddy. a bitch
1: <laughs> yeah uh it's been staring us in the face the whole time uh so yeah su- such a good reveal and this issue gets kind of dark oh yeah like, not- that- Not just because of the stuff that happens with Boy Thunder and Joker, but when you get to the key and a lot of his inner, you know, monologue, not inner monologue, but the the way that he goes over his origin and stuff, it was just creepy. And with the art that Mora does, it gets all psychedelic in parts. And I was like, I wasn't ready for this book to get this dark. So, you know, props to, to the yeah, I mean, even the
0: fact that Superman is kind of pissed because, obviously, yeah. this, kid, this kid was kidnapped on his watch and he's, yeah. he's angry. Every time he goes somewhere, he's got the, the red in his eyes and they're trying to find him, obviously. But, yeah, the big thing is that Joker's torturing uh, Boy Thunder to the point mm-hmm. that when Boy Thunder does get free later on when the cavalry shows up, um, he chases down Joker and he wants to, you know, he wants to brutally he's, kill him. He's He's, he's, he's beaten the shit right? out of him, you know, and... Yeah you know, that skips to the the, the the flash forward to present day or somewhere, at least, you know, somewhere around present day. Right. Uh, and it's like, this is Magog. This, this is who this is. Yep. Uh, this is so, uh, uh, someone who could have maybe been a hero, but this, this is not a Superman or Batman. This is someone who instantly just, know the Joker messed with me. I am going to F him up and I'm going to do it and make sure I get vengeance.
1: <laughs> yeah. So for the people that don't know, um, Mark Wade wrote, kingdom come and it was this alternate future where the joker had had came to metropolis and killed the daily planet staff right but superman being superman is like well we can't kill him you know so this new hero comes in and ends up making fame for killing the joker and this character was magog and originally when he was written mark wade meant him to be this pastiche of like 90s comics because didn't Kingdom Come came out in, what, 98? 99, 98? Oh. Um, maybe earlier, 97? I say, yeah, I, say okay. I was say in 86.
0: Okay, maybe earlier, but, but... I mean, I could check. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, so so Magog, he was just, like, you know, covered in metal, had a bunch of pouches, had this, you know, these cool, like, horns, and he carried this staff. And he was kind of to be reminiscent of characters like Cable, you know, and... Um, and he was edgy and he wasn't afraid to kill. And he definitely was not your Superman and Batman. Um,
0: I'll, I'll take some points by the way, because it was Six. Yeah.
1: Dude nailed it. All yeah. right. Uh, maybe I didn't read it till like 99. That's why that sticks out or 98. I didn't read it till like 2012. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so just the idea that this book has been kind of this silver agey take, this timeless take on Batman and Superman and, and how, and the Titans and, these idealized versions Joe, of, of DC characters through the eyes of Mark Wade that we get the essentially the origin of this yeah. 90s edgy character through boy thunder and how that relates to Superman. And Joe, Batman. Joe was
0: so weird about it is that obviously I recognized him and went, wait, I think I know who this is. And I was it took me a yeah. second to, I was like, oh, Magog. Yes, it's Magog. Yep. And, but it didn't click right away that this was like a Mark Wade creation. Cause part of me mm-hmm. thought, oh, that's interesting. He's doing a new origin for Magog. Yeah. And then I thought, wait, Kingdom Come, that's Mark Wade. <laughs> like, that's just Mark yeah. Wade doing an origin for his own character. Yeah.
1: So I mean, and I know I know, John's tried to give us Magog in, in a Justice Society book and it never landed. Hmm. So, you know, they've, they've tried. This, though, just because maybe it is Mark Wade. And just looking at this, you know, in the context of DC history, it makes sense that the lost sidekick of Superman is the one that killed the Joker after an attack on the Daily Planet. So, generally, right?
0: the idea here is is that assuming this is the same one that's going to go to Kingdom Come, but I mean, it may not be. Right. But the idea is that right. he goes back to his Earth, and there's mm-hmm. a well, not his Earth, because his Earth is gone. But he goes to the Kingdom right. Come Earth, right? And right. You know, this this is the same one. Or do you think this? The idea is here is that this is no, this is just our, our universe's version of Magog?
1: I maybe, but but Mora does almost a path like a, like a, a his version okay. of Alex Ross art there at the in the back so it's definitely mm-hmm. sending up kingdom come in that way and even i'd have to go back and look if even superman has the same gray temples and you know like he did in in that scene and kingdom come um but it felt very kingdom come so i don't know maybe if this is this is why boy thunder's not around maybe something happened that he you know i i don't know because it, it does get timey-wimey it would, su- it would
0: suggest that uh, he did leave and he went to another yeah. Earth, and that's why mm-hmm. you know we don't really know much about Boy Thunder, and yeah. that's why it's kind of this just this lost story of of the early mm-hmm. Superman Batman relationship. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at that last page. I don't see any grey temples. That, that this would okay. This looks like to me we're in the regular universe. Okay. From this although it does kind of look like Superman might have longer hair, so maybe this is meant yeah. to be nineties mullet of Superman.
1: Yeah, maybe because I I just. In my head, I went to Kingdom Come. So I mean, that's why I thought it had the Great Temples. Um, but I was, I was mainly fixated on Magog standing over mm. Joker, because you know that's that's a key part. Because then it's after that that Superman <clears throat> kind of quits and goes up with the Fortress, you know, for years, and then that's where. you then know, again, Magog...
0: then again, in Kingdom you know, Come, did he have the Great Temples already at this point? I don't.
1: That's what I mean. I don't. I don't remember.
0: Actually, I don't think he did. Now I'm thinking about it. this. May yeah. be Kingdom Come because this. I think Superman only got the Great Temple's once the time had passed afterwards. Once the time had passed, because
1: he, when they go to get him at the fortress, and he's been just soaking up solar radiation, you know, from from you know working the farm there, um, and he and he cuts his hair. That's where he has the Great Temple. So I'm probably just over, you know, you know, laying that on. I I do
0: want to say that this this page turn for the last page reveal is fantastic. It's so unexpected. Because you know, it's just him yelling at Joker saying that he's going to kill yeah. him. But the sentence finishes on the last page when it's Magog, uh, you know, at, at some time later, probably in yeah. Kingdom Crisis. And Kingdom Crisis, Kingdom Come.
1: <laughs> don't, give, don't give Williamson any more ideas. Oh, buddy. God.
0: Oh, there's so going to be a book <laughs> called Kingdom Crisis someday. There yeah. absolutely is. Anyway. Well,
1: what's, what's funny, though, too, is that, that Wade, this is his own retconning of Magog. And maybe this will play in, too, because yeah. he did a sequel to Kingdom Come just called The Kingdom. And it, and it was not good, but it basically posited that, you know, spoilers for Kingdom Come here, but but at the end, there's a baby that's born that, you know, is kind of a representation of the whole Trinity. That baby gets kidnapped and through timey-wimey events ends up becoming Magog, and that's why he kills Joker. Mm. I hope this is meant, you know, this is Wade retconning all of that. Because then again, that doesn't have to be a, a an sequel. Yeah. But it's definitely something that's been in his mind, I feel, for a while. This is one
0: of the best last this. page reveals in a while. Because it, it yeah. just... Because I didn't feel like it was building up to a reveal. I mean, that's the perfect part yeah. of it. It didn't feel like it was doing that at all. So then when it hit you yeah. with that last page, you're
1: like, Oh, wait a minute, twist! Yeah. Big time. And wasn't, again, not expecting that to show. Not expecting any kingdom come-ness from, I think, from Wade. And so. part of it as well
0: is, I think the reason why we weren't even thinking about like who is Boy Thunder really... Is because it felt like a new character, and I think even though we always knew this was set in the past, I think yeah. we kind of forget that when we're talking about it. Because it's just like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. we're just sort of you know. So this idea that it turns out to be someone else from later that we just yeah. didn't know the origin of, or or at least not this version of the origin, yeah. is is interesting. So, uh, no, great swerve, great swerve there. Uh, you know, some good action as well with Superman and Batman storming, you know, the Key Masters. Uh,
1: yeah. That was place. that's why I talk about the the psychedelicness is that they they go and the um, Joker and Key uh, and the Key are working together, and so they're hidden away through one of the keys like door portals, and there's just a whole bunch of them, and you know uh, Batman Superman and the Titans are are going through different ones, and these creatures are coming out, and these doors are floating, and just what it does with the colors, it's very trippy and, and in a very good way. So, uh, you know he's really. Um, yeah, uh, Mora's on top of his game here.
0: Yeah, for here. sure. Um, and I'm going to continue to call him Keymaster as much as I want for the record. Before yeah, anyone corrects that's me, fine. um, just <laughs> blame Ghostbusters, but I can't, I can't say the key. It's just weird.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to see if I remember if if Magog had a had a name that was said because it it is David, right? Is boy Thunder.
0: Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, David.
1: Yeah, so I'm trying to see if if we'd ever gotten a. A name on him, but i um, not sure. Uh, they called him Lance in uh, Justice Society, but that was when John had tried his thing, so it doesn't really, doesn't really count. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, David may yeah, be a new
0: element to it. The it name. Might,
1: might definitely be a new element that I'm just adding stuff onto my own. Oh no, Lance Corporal David Reed in Justice Society of America.
0: Ah.
1: So who's the great grandson of Franklin Roosevelt? Um. So so yeah. So that was but see that was John's. So, um, yeah. Maybe maybe that's where also that that Wade's pulling from the name, but just David is almost an homage to that. But yeah, no.
0: That's, that's almost like a double bluff that he's using the mm-hmm. name that John's gave him potentially yeah. as mm-hmm. a sort of like thing. Ah, no one will suspect it because that's what John's called him.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And so yeah, man, it's one one of the like biggest you know wtf moments it's it's so I've funny in a while
0: it's so funny that in a week with one of the most underwhelming final pages of a book in dark Crisis 7 one of the best and recent memory final yeah. pages of a book in world's finest happens at the same time that's just kind of wild to me yeah uh so no it's, it's good stuff and the rest of the issue is solid um i don't know if i, I necessarily like the rest of the issue as much as the last couple because it is all there's a lot of it. It's just this one big fight when they actually get to the you know the lair and they're fighting through the trippy worlds and the doors. Like, it's solid art, the art looks great. Uh, Mora's obviously yeah. killing it, but um, it doesn't have as much of a structure as some of the previous issues, but uh, mm-hmm. I, do, I do like it a lot. And, but the ending's fantastic, it's like easily the best ending to any issue this book's had, probably. Yeah,
1: so yeah. Well, and I was getting like, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, we're doing the key stuff, and had his origin that he's always wanted to, you know figure things out and he is that key and i was like okay we're kind of doing some weird stuff here and then we get to the joker stuff with boy thunder and when he gets loose and just that rage that he has um i was not the... expecting that that pulled me right back in
0: Yeah, which begs the question like what happens now with him like does superman and batman realize that he has rage is too much and they have to send him mm-hmm. somewhere or does he choose to leave and go to a different earth or yeah or is there is magog just a thing that is around in the universe now in our current continuity. That's you know he grew up maybe in another planet after this or whatever, right. but I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's they'll, interesting. They'll have though.
1: to send him somewhere. Yeah, you know, because uh, yeah.
0: he's definitely just not around all the time on Earth. So yeah, mm-hmm. he, he definitely has to be gone somewhere. But uh very intriguing. Uh, what are you rating World's Finest issue ten, Matt? Eight point
1: five. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. I think I agree with 8.5. The The ending just sort of bumps it up a whole point, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Stargirl, The Lost Children, issue 2. Jeff Johns writing with Todd Nuck on the R. So, Emmy and Courtney go to the Arrow Cave, mm-hmm. uh, which Courtney rightly points out that Oliver really wanted to be Batman <laughs> because it's very Batcave-looking.
1: It is with- so funny, and it's a great commentary because that is... Down to the different suits that are on display in Mm -hmm. in cases. Even Uh, the idea that he's got uh, all the old sidekick
0: costumes and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, This was, you know, you're talking about reading comics monthly. Sometimes it takes you a minute to remember. Mm -hmm. This was definitely one of those for me. Um, Whereas I had to try to remember where we left off at and what was going on. Because we just just jump in with Courtney and and, uh, Emmy. End of the last so, issue,
0: teased the island, right? It teased yeah. the uh, the old sidekick who was researching, like maybe right. dying on the way to the island, or just almost yep. getting there. And then, um, then
1: it all, then it, it all kicked in, and it, yeah. and it made sense. So, and, and this, yeah.
0: What's really neat, actually, is that it, it makes a point of showing you some of the uh, the costumes in this arrow cave that mm-hmm. are going to be the characters that shop at the end of the issue, so that you've seen them already, so that you get yep. that this is the missing sidekick. they are? Yep. Um, but you know, it's basically Emmy and Courtney get in the boat, which, by the way, I assume Emmy just knows how to operate a boat because, like, yeah, <laughs> like I don't know how to operate a boat. You put me in me a neither. boat, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. But whatever, okay. these teenagers are better things than I am. Uh, so they're going to this this spooky triangle in the water, not quite the Bermuda Triangle, but similar idea. And that's where, one of the islands here is the one that Emmy was sort of kidnapped on and, and kept for a long time. Uh, she even talks at one point about how she kind of feels feels sad that Oliver never came looking, even though she knows that he didn't know about her. But she doesn't yeah. want to tell him that because he'll feel guilty, even though he didn't know who she was at right. the time. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting little bit of character mm-hmm. building that they're doing there. McCordy has this like thought that you know in her in narration that even if they find these missing sidekicks, they'll all be like in their nineties. So. Mm-hmm she basically prays to the gods and says, please, can one of them still be alive? Just so that, you know, it'll help, it'll help Emmy out a lot if we find at least one of these sidekicks. Yeah.
1: And well, it was this... And I also th- like that she wants the idea that at least if they, even if they are dead, it gives a closure, right?
0: Um, oh, sure. But it was it was yeah. this moment, though, where I said, oh, they're going to still be kids. Like th- yeah. This was the moment where I went, because she's having this thought, they're mm-hmm. going to be in, like, a time bubble or something where they're not aged yeah Yeah. so uh, and sure enough this is where the sort of weird ghost of airwave or whatever (laughs) appears and tries to warn her but his ghost explodes and the boat of course explodes so they end up in the water Emmy's there too and they wash ashore uh, this island Uh, the staff isn't working right away you know she's kind of begging Cosmo to turn back on and yeah. we see there's someone watching them on a security camera. Courtney noticed that the, the sand here is kind of notable. The beach is made up of the same sand. that's in Our Man's uh, Time Glass, which...
1: Yeah, that's which is weird. That's yeah, uh, different.
0: That's very odd, which definitely paints the idea that this island is different and special and maybe, yeah. you know, not too lost-like, but certainly a special island that is hard yeah. to find. Well,
1: and just the idea that it is it makes this triangle with the island that Oliver was on, right? And so it adds, there's something, there might be something in that area that is, you know, that. What am I trying? Because with Ollie going back in time with the seven soldiers and stuff, like there's something about this neck of the woods that calls the arrow characters to there too. So I'm wondering if that has anything to do with it.
0: Yeah. uh, The goofy part of the issue is that these like weird egg robots come out and try and attack them. So they fight them off. Uh, they they try One to. One of kidnap... them almost
1: gets Emmy. Yeah,
0: like it's Emmy. it's kind of like closing around her. So it's this is clearly a kidnapping robot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but Courtney blasts it with the staff. Uh, but it doesn't quite save her. Uh, it, uh, Emmy gets dragged into the jungle, and that's when these other sidekicks jump out. Uh, yep. we get Wing, uh, an airwave and and Cherry Bomb. Cherry Bomb, yes. I'm glad you uh yep. remembered that. <laughs> do, you, do you
1: want to know why I can remember that?
0: Why do you remember that?
1: So, so the bunny before she was the bunny and before she was Allie, her wrestling name was Cherry Bomb. Uh. So, I, I, I can tie it to her, and of course, I'm going to remember it now
0: because of your unhealthy crush on the bunny. Yes, uh,
1: <sighs> it's not unhealthy; it's perfectly fine.
0: <laughs> uh, I wonder if her big, mean, tough wrestler husband would feel the same. <laughs>
1: You know what? He loves the predator. And I'm sure I could talk to him about movies a lot. Oh, too. sure.
0: I probably, I just,
1: yeah. I would love to be friends with all three of them. Cause then Andy's also, or the butcher, excuse me. You know, he's, he's been in, in bands and, and whatever, forever bands that I like. So yeah. And I just think that'd be a, a fun part of the friend group. That's all.
0: Yeah. So this
1: is called orphan Island
0: and wing says, you know, we're trapped here, but we can escape. And the robot dogs, mm-hmm. like you've been saying that for decades. And, yeah, it's literally been, like, 80, 70 years or something like that. So, yeah, obviously, this is the story we're reading. So, yes, things are going to change. Courtney's going to be the missing ingredient. Her and Emmy will will save them. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun enough cliffhanger. It makes sense. We're finding these pulpy sidekick characters Mm -hmm. on the island. You know, like, interesting stuff. It it wasn't a surprise, the ending, that they're all still kids. One, because... It just makes more sense for my story purpose that they're not all like these like really old people who are, can barely move. Yeah. But also just because the way it's set up in the issue it was like because Courtney's had this thought, they are definitely still their age.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, it's called the lost children, right? Very so true. I kind of figured that would that would factor in. Um, I can't remember the little robot dog, and that's something I thought I could remember, so I'm gonna have to get out the that guidebook. JSA one. <laughs> and where did he come from? Because he seems familiar. um but I love seeing him there. like that was that was cool. Um, but yeah, uh, i I like when John says this type of stuff because it's it's gonna play with the history, and I'm sure the seven soldiers are gonna tie in somehow hmm. with this time this timey Wyoming Island, you know, um, not that, not that. As, you know especially because you have a um you know a star character and a and an arrow character in uh, there with them yeah and uh, then you have wing so yeah i would say
0: this issue is not as strong as the first mainly because the first one introduced all these elements that were really intriguing yeah. and mysterious and all that this one's a bit more straightforward and has a really sort of simple cliffhanger. it's all solid stuff and it was it's enjoyable enough mm-hmm. to read and they're bouncing off of each other is still very good and he's plotting some of these like you know deeper character beats for emmy yeah. and you know just the general feel of it is quite good but it's not as intriguing or as exciting as the first issue, which introduced the, the whole idea of these missing sidekicks mm-hmm. and how it's weird that no one remembers them. Like, all that stuff was so interesting when it got introduced in issue one. That yeah. This issue, by default, suffers from typical issue two syndrome, which is it's just a lot more straightforward and just getting them yeah. to this next point in the story. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's solid enough at doing that. And the art is, is mm-hmm. still fits the characters so, and the personality what- of them really well
1: what what gets me is Todd knock has not lost a step because I don't oh, yeah. know what he was doing in between a lot of these star girl stuff, but I I went back and read the, the original star girl again, like I think it was last year and his art is still as crisp as it was in, in back in when you no know, Courtney was first introduced, you know, and that stars and stripes book. So I just, it, it's amazing how, how well that it, it's kept up. You know and so it just it all feels a part of the same piece at some points because like i can't remember when wing was introduced was that in the 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 spring break special was that in in earlier stuff in stars and stripe i can't remember and that's mainly because the art feels all of one piece so um
0: yeah, yeah. don't don't, don't it, quiz me what was in the spring break special <laughs>
1: I'm not, but I'm just trying to remember when I was first introduced to Wing, and I and I feel like it's been on a while, but it might not have been. I don't I don't know, and that's, I guess that makes his art kind of timeless, which is just perfect for this. I don't story, know, but right? he was
0: introduced alongside a prayer.
1: Oh,
0: uh, wing and a prayer wrong. for anyone who didn't get that Yeah, <laughs> it, it was comedy gold. Just just trust that it was comedy gold and move on yes. with your lives. Uh, all right, what are you rating the Star Girl: The Lost Children issue too? i I'm
1: I'm gonna give. This a, i guess
0: a 7.5 yeah i'm just going with a 7 i, I think it's a, a bit closer to serviceable versus the first issue but i was still enjoying it It is good mm-hmm. but it just didn't uh, hit quite the, same, the intriguing notes that the first issue did uh and plus you got the goofy egg mm-hmm. robot things <laughs> this was just like okay, yeah. this is just a bit silly but <laughs> whatever yep. Alright, uh, GCPD, The Blue Wall, Issue 3, John Ridley writing with Stefano Raphael on the art, and, you know, this goes away from the silly side of things, this is all serious talk, uh, as we continue the story of our, our three rookie cops, and, that, although this one actually focuses a bit more on Montoya as a character, I would say, uh, than than those characters specifically. So this is, uh, Montoya's determined to basically prove that Two-Face is behind this recent Fox Tech uh, robbery and is putting all these resources into it, bunch of surveillance, all that kind of thing. She's like, "We're definitely doing this." Go after. There's a great moment in the art here where, at the end of this conference room scene, she's left on her own, standing in a photo fo- in front of a photo of Two Face, and the art all turns red when it's all been t- tinted blue. The entire scene, the coloring changes to this sort of like the, the demonic presence behind her. Uh, but Ortega, uh, one of the cops, the, the rookie cops uh he walks into the you know the the police station and on the the pin board is a photo of like a a mexican bandit with his face like put on top of it uh and he goes to hr like the room of cops all laugh at him and he's like look this was kind of a hate crime like can we talk about this and the guy is sort of understanding but it's kind of frustrating because he Says, look, if you do this, if you actually go through, like, I'll, if you want to put this complaint in, we'll put it in. But if you do it, you're going to sing, signal yourself out, and you'll be going to war with the rest of the cops, and that's going to be with you forever, or at least for a long time. And he meets him a couple of times, and he he, 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 he has this this traditional scene that they have in this book where he's he's having like dinner with the, the other Richie cops, and you know. They kind of agree, yeah, like, what, how, what are you really supposed to do, ultimately? You're kind of put back into a corner where it's bullshit that they're making this joke and it's offensive and all these other things, but how much shit are you going to get from all of them if you don't just shut up and take it? And he's sort of, like, confronted with that throughout the issue. And ultimately, when he goes back to the HR officer later, the HR officer looks, if you want to fight it, you're going to war with everyone. But here's what I recommend... Start noting down everything they do that is problematic. And if you ever choose to fight it in the future, have a record of everything. And not just like this one incident. Because one incident is going to be hard to sell. Because, because the first thing he says, well, was there like a, like a derogatory word like written alongside the photo? And he's like, no, even though it's clearly a racist statement, right? They're they're saying he's a Mexican mm-hmm. bandit. Um, It's still like, there has to be more to it to back it up, so on and so on. And even when he goes to Montoya, and you expect Montoya to actually have a bit of sympathy. Um, and this is actually the great writing of the book, actually, is that her reaction to this is she has a quick flashback of like when she was outed as a, as a gay woman mm-hmm. by a photograph on the pinboard. She had a very similar thing, which, but it was even bigger, though, because it was out in her personal life. Mm-hmm. And she basically get, turns into a hard ass with him and says, look, you have to toughen up. Like, you're never going to make it here if you don't toughen up. So even Montoya, the character that we inherently sympathize with by default, because she's our character that we know from other books, we know from her backstory, she is, like, poisoned from this experience of going through this system that she's saying you have to toughen up and go over it. Uh, otherwise, you'll never make it. And that's obviously the advice that shouldn't be given, that, you know, she should be sympathetic, she should want to fight for him, but she's too busy dealing with her own shit and has been too beaten down by this system herself Uh, because she's not the rookie anymore she's the the veteran she's the one who's been here for for a long time and she's been beaten down so much that even though uh she should sympathize with this she doesn't uh she gets tough on him and maybe that's something she'll she'll come back and regret later in the issue or or not the issue but the uh the series but uh it's kind of it's a very good strong character moment and that she's like in terms of the flaw uh, and then like he does start writing this journal at the end of the issue of like, you know, everything that they're saying or doing to him that crosses a line. Um so yeah, it's examining another aspect of this stuff. He he out of the rookies, he's the one who gets the most of this issue. Uh, there's a little bit of stuff with Park, um, where she is offered like this uh basically she's the one of the cops that's now going to stand guard at a crime scene to make sure no one touches anything she thinks she's been given the job of collecting evidence and the guy's like no 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 no, you're not collecting evidence the forensics people do that you're just there to make sure no one else touches it it's the best you get paid the same as everyone else and you never have to do anything except stand there and that's actually not what she wants she wants to make a difference she wants to do something meaningful and she's been sort of like just jettisoned to this because of what she did before Um, so yeah it's it's still a very frustrating thing to read not because the rating's not good but because it's, it's pointing at all these problems in the system and all of these things feel very realistic. They feel uh like you understand the frustration of the characters and all three of them are just being pigeonholed into these these things. The third rookie at this like dinner that he has with his friends uh reveals that he's actually quitting, the parole officer characters quitting because he blames himself for the his parolee getting killed last issue. Also kind of kind of a gut punch. Uh and Montoya, uh basically Let's her goldfish die because she's too obsessed with this Two Face stuff. And even when everyone tells her to let it go that Two Face is not involved in this, she is determined that he's still behind it and keeps one officer off the books, like uh, on surveillance. And Two Face actually lures him into an alleyway and just sort of says, Hi, like, what, what do you want? And then eventually, Two Face talks to Montoya directly and says, Stop obsessing over me, I'm not worth it. Like, eventually, I'm probably going to do something bad again. Uh, there's an editor's note somewhere that says this takes place before what's currently going on Detective Comics, just to sort of okay. make it fit. But he says, look, I'm not worth this. Like, this obsession you've got over me, like, is, I'm not worth it. This is like Harvey trying to be a good guy, kinda. Um, so, no, it's uh, it, it's all really strong stuff. Uh, and the idea that Montoya's let her goldfish die, the idea that, like, as commissioner, she's letting, like, everything under her watch, like, crumble because she's too obsessed with the personal thing uh so you know it, again as a, as a series is examining the the pressures that these characters are under in the system uh and how they're dealing with them and how they're feeling forced by their job to do things they didn't want to because it, it, it makes a point I'm mentioning here that they're not even two months into this job and one of them has already like have been demoted or kind of you know and put into like shit detail because of uh they've been made this scapegoat and then it turns out they lied so they've been villainized for it the other one here is the uh, the victim of racial uh, kind of like jokes and slurs and things like that, and then the third one is quitting because he feels responsible for getting someone killed. Like none of them are having a good time, and even Montoya, who we see as this strong character who r- rose up through the system to a place of power as commissioner, is dealing with personal issues and doesn't have the sympathy for those under that she should have. So, yeah, it's a very bleak book that feels like it's examining all the pressures uh, into these characters uh, it's a really compelling read uh, so no and probably my favourite thing that I've read from Ridley uh, I would say and part of it is because it's, it's very focused it's got a real clear intent uh, and it fits into continuity well enough but it's not really that important to it that it's in continuity so uh, that's good stuff um, yeah so all day point five I think this issue is it's really okay. good so yeah, cool. Alright, uh Deceased, War of the Undead Gods, issue five, Tom Taylor writing with Trevor Hairsein and Neil Edwards on the art. So is is this the first one, at least in this series, where Hair had a had another artist I, helping out? I think I think so. Yeah, I don't remember any other ones, but yeah. uh this issue, big in scope, big concept. Uh you've got the Guardian saying we have to you know, not help all these planets. We have to protect the power battery. As soon as they reveal that there's a. Erebus. Erebus is like the the source of this equation yep. that's spreading the virus. Like, shit, protect the power battery, screw all the other planets. <laughs> yeah. We can't do anything. Come uh, back. Yeah. Yeah. Mixie's basically having a pissing contest with Ares uh, in the middle of all this. But the big talking point here is that one of the planets that's been attacked by the, the Atlantic Life equation mm-hmm. and the virus. Is Kilowog's home homeworld, and yep. he speeds off. And even though they're ordered not to, the entire Green Lantern Corps pretty much go off to help him, as does Superman, um, and Mixie, <laughs> bizarrely. Yeah,
1: m- much to John uh, John's chagrin, right? Because yeah, he he does. He's just been reunited with his dad, and he's like, "You can't go." He's like, well, "I I have to." So they go to Kilowog's planet.
0: Yeah, and he tells um, uh, John like he used to be there to protect like their home worlds and stuff yep. uh, while he's off helping destroy the virus and stuff or stop yep. the spread. Uh, there's a really dark scene here where Superman like saves this family of like uh, yep. you know Kilowog's. People. They're like, they're from
1: know. I don't know how to what they would be. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know from how Bulawak Vicks. Yeah, so I, I I don't, I don't know.
0: know what to call their yeah. species. Yeah. So, but yeah, like yeah. a family of of Kilowog light beings. Yes. And but then immediately like possessed or zombified supergirl just kills them all with heat vision, like right after. Yeah. And it's like a really dark moment. It's like Rough go. Superman's reaching out to like the burning bodies, and then he gets hit in the back with the like, cast. We got a Sinestro powered Dark Side the, Darkside, <laughs> the yep. blasting him with the Omega Beams. And Mixie's all cocky. Mixie's like, oh, I'm just gonna turn Darkseid into like a like a pot of flowers or something. Not a big deal. And then, of course, he gets infected by the Mother Box, and Mixi himself turns into a giant zombified Mixie. And is basically, like, the, the most powerful force in the universe now, because he's mixed up, like, And he flies through the planet, completely destroying Kilowog's home planet. Yep. And is on his way to Oa to destroy the power battery, which he does... And then we get a scene where all the random green lanterns in space like like kale and stuff mm-hmm. all start suffocating in space because their green power goes away. And then the Specter decides to leave the quintessence and rebuild the power battery to give them all power back. And that's where we're kind of leaving off at the end of this issue.
1: With with the Specter deciding to fight the agent of entropy of of Mixipedic. Yes. With a sword. <laughs> telling them to F off.
0: Yes, and, he's, and he's holding this new power battery, which is yep. basically single-handedly saving all the Green Lanterns right now. Right. They were all suffocating without it.
1: Yeah. Um, well, also with the sword, which is such a cool visual. Well, um, also
0: that, but also they mentioned that, yeah, some of the Green Lanterns were in space, but some of them yeah. were just, like, in a planet, but they were flying, so they fell to their deaths. They're probably still right. dead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, the other one that gets me is that Jon Stewart and Kilowog get crushed by Mixie. Oh, yeah, they get and, popped like their bugs. <laughs> yeah, and like, but it's such this poignant moment where, where Kilowog's kind of like, thank you for coming to help me, you know, because they're, they're, you know, he leaves, the Ganthit tells them that they can't help, but they go anyways, right? Yeah, yeah. John, so Kilowog's like, thank you for being with me, brother. He's like, I wouldn't be anywhere else.
0: Yeah, John, and John, they start to
1: do the oath and then die. And it's like, um, so I talk about like earlier in the show. About- no,
0: just to, to paint a visual of this though, because it's actually yeah. quite a cool visual, is that yeah. Mixy's got them in in his hand, which because he's huge, he's like, a, he's like a Kaiju now, and he's got yeah. them in in his hand, but they they've got like a you know a green bubble, bubble around them, right? And but it's sort of starting to crush, but then there's like like five or something other Green Lanterns who have all like lassoed on to like Mixy's fingers, trying to hold them so that he yeah. can't crush them. It doesn't it doesn't help. He still pops on like oh. a bug, and you see the blood splat you know, between his hand, which is, yep. you know, a great visual, but like it's, it's a really good visual page. It's obviously, you know, it's the death of two prominent yeah. Green Lantern characters. Yeah. It's quite dark, but it's a very visual splat.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then just they're saying the, the oath together and then, you know, it's just one of these moments I was talking about earlier with Tom Taylor just ripping out your heart. Because mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, man, why do I care about these fake characters so much? And it's like, well... When they're handled properly, this is this is what happens. But yeah. Um, yeah, this was like complete balls to the wall crazy. Like, he is ramping up big time. After this kind of started as kind of a simple zombie story, when you add the title of War of the Undead Gods, I, like I knew we were going to get crazier. I did not expect zombified Mixie fighting the Spectre. You know? So.
0: I got it. This is just an example of using all of the toys in the toy box. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, you know, in ways that make some amount of sense. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you know, power to him. Uh, and you know, here science arts what it is. Like you know, I, I don't always love it. I think obviously there's still yeah. some good action pages here or there. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always nail the the more straight character drama of talking to each other though. Yeah,
1: his kilowog also seemed to be missing some of that heft, right? Yeah.
0: Like
1: I like a beefy kilowog. Um, this one's kind of you know you can tell it's. Kilowog, but, it's but not d- did
0: you like when he shed a tear as he said thank you posers when they all
1: showed yeah. up yeah yeah like come on now how, how else do you think i'm gonna react to that also i just checked and he's bull of Axian. that's that's what we oh there you go that that's what that what he's dubbed so um yeah no man yeah the art's kind of rough in spots but like again the zombie mixie looks unhinged enough just with hair signs like heavy ink kind of shadowy aspect like when he's pulling out his face and, and there's you know the scratch marks and whatever definitely creepy but like you were saying the the interpersonal just regular people standing around stuff less to be desired you know but it still works it's serviceable
0: yeah it's just you know it's like John and Clark like hugging each other mm-hmm. and goodbye and stuff you know, yeah. it, they are there and those kind of moments really could be a little bit better but yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely pretty solid uh by and large but yeah uh, you know this, this is kind of a weird like comeback because th- th- this one feels like it's came a bit later that we've come yeah. back to War of the Undead Gods and it's kind of in this weird place where some time has moved on but the issues themselves have mostly been pretty good uh, yeah. after the best of the whole thing but certainly solid and like th- this is another wild issue that has some good big character deaths and just tailored messing around with all these big concepts that are kind of fun so um, yeah Nothing on his night wing, but pretty good. No. But yeah, but certainly. So, uh, what are you rating "Deceased War: The Undead Gods" issue five?
1: Uh, I'm gonna give this one a seven.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with the seven. Yeah, love love the concepts and love mm-hmm. like uh, uh, it's a lot of fun to read. Uh, but it doesn't feel like as special as important as perhaps some of his other books do, uh, or yeah. or even as much as like uh, "Deceased uh, Unkillables" did, yeah. which is, is is still my favorite of the whole thing yep so uh cool
1: long live the tree shrimp
0: <laughs> so that'll take like out the part of the show we pick our favorite stuff of the week for it panel slash moment favorite cover favorite art and top five books so uh, matt what was your panel slash moment of the week
1: so I, I thought about this and i and i wanted to pull from nightwing because that the moment where melinda lets a uh, let's zuko know she changed her name is, is really strong mm-hmm. however there was one moment that made me actually utter "WTF," and that was the Boy Thunder is Magog uh, reveal from World's Finest. So that that's mine.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know I don't always like to just take the same one, but let's be honest, like I can't pretend that any other moment yeah. beats that this week. Yeah,
1: it, it's up there, you know.
0: It was just but very, yeah. very, very good. So absolutely, uh, you got
1: a cover of the week. Um, so I was looking through some of these. And none of them really strike me, but there was a Nightwing 150 that was Redondo. And it's the regular cover, but it, it's like a word collage that goes around yeah, Nightwing's yeah. outline. And there's something about it. I don't know if it's got a movie poster quality or whatever. It really, really made an impression. So that's that's going to be mine.
0: Yeah, um, I was kind of looking at... Uh, an eight-wing cover. I was looking at the uh, Dan Mora one, which is him and Batgirl, which mm-hmm. it felt like a nice uh, callback to like there was a Batgirl and Robin one from like last week. So this one yeah. like it was like calling back to. Uh, there's also a really nice, uh, what is it? It's Jay Anacleto variant for mm-hmm. Deceased. It's like a Green Lantern. It's like a really painted cover, but it's you can see the skeleton underneath as he's sort of like fading away. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks really neat. Uh, yeah. I like that one. Um and there's some solid covers for, uh, some of the other books. Uh, obviously, you you got a Mora cover for World's Finest, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: there's like ten variants for Dark Crisis. Uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, none of
1: them really pop though. A lot of them just yeah. like, they're, they're
0: they're okay. Yeah, so um, I, I think I am going with the uh the Dan Mora, Knight Wing. Oh, the regular cover is good too. With with yeah. the the black, the negative space. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. no it's good
0: all right uh R of the week matt
1: oof this is this one's tough this week because nothing really pops up in my head um they're all good to decent and i don't want to be a broken record when it comes to mora but i'm gonna have to be if maybe it was all redondo and nightwing that might have stolen mm-hmm. but i'm gonna have to give it to mora for world's finest Yeah, I think I'm probably...
0: It shout-out to uh, Nook, because I think Stargirl does look quite yeah, good in looks close. its own style. Uh, I think Pissarum was pretty solid on Flash, but I kind of agree, if it was all Redondo and Nightwing, it'd probably be Redondo, but it's probably Mora as a result. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I will say, this is not to like, throw any of the art this week under the bus, but yeah. I would say there's no, like, like even like more of his issue at world's finest it's obviously very good, but yeah. I don't think it's his best issue art wise. No,
1: and that's what I said. I don't want yeah. to sound like broken record, just picking more more. But knock is a close second, and then everything else is just kind of good. You know? Like, yeah. Uh, honestly, you know? yeah. I think I think
0: if Redondo had done the whole Nightwing, it would easily be Redondo because some of the pages yep. he did do were fantastic. But uh-huh. uh huh. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, it's top five books time. So what okay. you got, Matt? Uh, uh, number one is Nightwing. Number two is World's Finest. Number three is Stargirl. Number four is Flash. And number five is Batman versus Robin.
0: I can't remember what I rated that, thing, which usually <laughs> helps us. Uh, number one is Nightwing. Number two is World's Finest. Number three... <laughs> number three is... Flash number four, Stargirl, number five. Uh, Batman v. Robin. Oh wait, no, 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 Blue Wall. I did Blue Wall in here, so odd. Uh, yeah, you like that one a lot. Yeah, Blue, Blue that Wall. That should be in, like your
1: third rate, right? Yeah,
0: Blue, yeah, Blue Wall was playing number three. So sorry, uh, Batman v. Robin, you got bumped. <laughs> yeah. So what? One is Nightwing, two is World's Finest, three is Blue Wall, uh, four is Flash, five is Stargirl. There you go. Alright. easy peasy I will tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics for the New Year's edition of the show because uh, by the time you get it it'll be New Year's I guess yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be recording it I think uh, on New Year's Eve so it'll still be 2022 yeah. for us but uh, coming next week we have Detective Comics 1067 Action Comics 1050 oh that's a biggie uh, mm-hmm. Nice House in the Lake issue 12 DC vs. Vampires issue 12 so two final issues there Uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight issue 7 Harley Quinn 25 which is a slightly oversized issue if you're buying that Mm -hmm. Uh, Riddler Year 1 issue 2 Tim Drake Robin issue 4 Punchline The Gotham Game issue 3 DC Horror Presents Sergeant Rock vs the Army of the Dead issue 4 Batman Gotham Knights Guilded City issue 3 Blue Beetle Graduation Day issue 2 Justice League Targets, sorry Young Justice Targets I should say issue 6 Wonder Woman Historia The Amazons issue 3 and then we got John Sherr, Emerald Knight, issue one. So, uh, is that something we're going to look at?
1: That's, no, that's Thorne. That's I feel like ah, that's unwrapping okay. up. That's not oh, the new stuff yet.
0: That, that's their, like, yeah, they're wrapping up some of their loose ends. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah, okay. So we, we won't be looking at that. But it's out for anyone no. who wants it. Uh, yep. Tales from Earth 6, A Celebration of Stan Lee, issue one. There you go. Uh, DC yeah. Mech, issue six. The Samai Universe Presents the Dead Boy Detectives, issue one. And Batman: The Audio Adventures, Issue Four. They're shipping a lot of books for uh, next New week. Year's. Yeah, yeah, they are wild. So, uh, and all the comic shops will have all these already because they always do yeah. the two weeks at the end of the year together. Uh, uh-huh. So
1: at least the the following week's pretty quiet. So that that's okay. that's nice.
0: So yeah, because we'll have to fit in our annual episode somewhere yeah. around uh, here. So yes. uh, that's good to know. Uh, but yeah, that's what's coming next week from DC Comics. So plenty of interesting things to talk about. Uh so have a nice Christmas, everyone. Uh, yeah. you know. Uh, you may not even listen to this till after you've had Christmas, depending on what your schedule's yeah, hope- like, which is fair enough. But yeah. uh have a nice Christmas. Uh thank you for supporting the show throughout twenty twenty two. Uh and of course, um you can continue to support the show over at patreon.com slash mailfuzz TV and you can support the show by liking, subscribing, down the bell for notifications and rating the podcast on your podcast app and all that stuff. Uh but that is uh pretty much it. I'll just thank our Patreon producers. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Sandra Palacios, David Sharp, Now, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Tradesman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Um, They are some of our higher tiered patrons. So thank you once again, and we'll see you uh, soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, it'll be the new year for you guys. It won't be for us, but we'll yeah. see you in 2023, I guess.
1: <laughs> Just... Sounds like a threat almost.
0: <laughs> we'll see you next year. <laughs> yes. Sorry, guys. There won't be any more episodes until next year.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I do not expect that joke from Tim not from you nah, I don't know, I'm hungry Matt my, yeah, my, yeah, my, yeah,
1: my, we'll, my, we'll get com- out of here I'm, I'm hungry too,
0: so we'll get out of here soon my comedy uh, standards have dropped in yeah. hunger, what can I say Gotcha. but anyway, that's the show, thank you very much for joining us we always appreciate it, keep reading DC Comics and never get lost in the Speech Force.